Hello, everyone. Welcome to the War Porn Podcast. This is Patrick Lawler. Just a couple quick housekeeping updates. This is the second episode that we recorded. This is also before the TikTok episode, before I came out as queer. So some of the content in here might be a little confusing chronologically. Keep that in mind going forward. I just wanted to give a little trigger warning. This episode, we get into a lot of war stories and especially... Some of the feelings I had as a veteran coming home from Afghanistan and reacclimating to America. So just, if that's something that might be triggering for you, keep an eye out. It's in the later third of the episode. Nothing too graphic, but the emotions there are a little raw. So just wanted to make sure that you knew that was coming. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. If you have any thoughts or questions for me or Gene, please reach out to us at the Podcast at gmail.com, spelled like the show. If you want to see us cover certain movies or you want to ask me as a veteran any questions that you might have, or Gene as a therapist, or either of us as comedians, we'd love to hear from you. Podcast at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. We had a lot to say about Captain America. He's one of my favorite superheroes, and I think you'll figure that out because it's nearly three hours long. So, enjoy yourselves. Thank you for listening to the War Porn Podcast, and I'll catch you later. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the War Porn Podcast. Hey! Uh, I'm your host, Patrick Lawler. I'm a veteran of the Afghanistan campaign. This is my co-host. I'm Gene Meyer. I'm a therapist. I've never been to Afghanistan. It sounds scary, (laughs) but yeah. It sure is, and also very beautiful. Yeah. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, one of the movies I enjoy quite a bit, Captain America, the First Avenger. Yay! I think everybody's probably heard of this movie because it... Came out in 2011? (laughs) Yeah, that's the reason. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, because everybody knows who Captain America yes, is, and yes. at least the Avengers, and he was, it's got, it's got right there in the name. Yeah, the first, the Avenger. first Avenger. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what did you think? You said this was the 15th time you've seen this movie? I've seen this movie, uh, an unbelievable amount of time. I really love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. It's like a huge, yeah. uh, part of my life in, in, I have a lot to say about it. Yeah. I oh before we uh, if you guys are new to the podcast what we do here oh yeah is uh, we examine pop culture with a lens of uh, what words I, I, I guess like like from a military sociological frame <laughs> that sounded way smarter than yeah, what I said yeah yeah that's yeah. right we much like porn we yeah. can't stop watching yeah but it's inherently problematic yeah. and that's how we feel about uh, the military. And war. war. This the last movie we did was Bumblebee, Bumblebee. which I don't think had uh, it was wearing its influences on its sleeve as much yeah. as Captain America, which yeah. is very much about World War Two. Yes, just just real about it. Yeah, it's Captain it's, America's yeah. whole goal is like I really really yeah. want to fight in World War Two. Yeah, and we'll yeah. get all into all that. What we're gonna do for if you want to jump around, we're gonna talk about the movie. We're gonna. Go through some of the basic plot elements and how we felt about it and that sort of thing. And then we're really going to dig into the uh, critical analysis. So yeah. stick around. Stick around, man. Stick around. How did you feel? I We know I'm the Marvel fanboy. You're, yeah. How do you feel? This is the second time you've seen the movie? This you... is the second time I, I saw it. Uh, it's funny. The first time I saw it, I was on a field trip from an inpatient rehab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What different circumstances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, um, and I remember enjoying it the first time I saw it. 
Um, but being a little disappointed that it it sort of betrayed its World War II setting in a way. I remember being really pissed off that they had lasers. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Because I was like, I want like I want you know real era weapons only, like MP40s and BAR 1918s. None of this laser stuff. And getting really <laughs> caught up on that, and then. Rewatching it this time, I thought, I'll say this, I thought the first half was really good. The second half kind of, I feel like it drops the ball. I really feel like, not not terribly, but um, the, the, the way the plot develops and they use like a montage in the middle. I actually think I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, they show, not to give it away, but to give it away, like, they, when he starts going on missions and being Captain America, it's just like a short montage. I have a lot to say about that, because I agree, and I also, let's, let's put All a right. pin in that when okay. we get to it. Okay, Um, I, we're gonna, we're gonna, let's just kick it off. Yeah. Movie opens, and movie has like, this movie has two soft openings. Like, the, we don't get to Cap for, yeah. like, ten minutes. We have, sort of, we have, like, it opens in the, the Arctic, Arctic, and they find a plane, right. and it's it's very, like, this is pretty standard superhero stuff. Like, I think Man of Steel had something like this, and, like, it felt I, like I, I, I can't think of another movie, but, like, maybe, uh, The Thing. That's, I wrote that down. It felt like a, like, the whole... The whole, like, first hour of this movie felt like tributes to other movies. I kept... I was thinking National Treasure. Yeah. Because when they cut into the plane yeah. and the aesthetic, I'm like, ooh, this is very, like, Adventures yeah. 1940s. I was like, I think that's their... Yeah. Okay, I'm on yeah. board. We're going on yeah. an adventure. Yeah. So that's modern day. Yeah. Then we cut to Norway. Norway. Did did the war make it to Norway in World War II? I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. it did. Yeah, the Germans invaded Norway. Right. Okay, so yeah. I, I thought that, and I didn't look it up, and I was... I can't believe I don't remember every battle of World Dude, War II. What sort of man am I? They played a crucial part in like the <laughs> opening months. In 1940, the Germans invaded right, Norway. the port. Because the British like had put mines in the sea. Yes, okay. I I do remember. Dude, I am a bro. Person. Am, come on, bro. I know. I'm sorry. You know what? This is a great example of how I've noticed uh, so many American documentaries and this movie, too... The, it does not cover the opening years of the war because America wasn't involved. And that's why... <laughs> it's true. It's I, true. When I saw Dunkirk, I was like, you'd think I'd know more about this. Yeah. Because yeah. I love World War II being an American male over yeah. the age of 30. But all the, all the media that comes out of this country is like, it's 1942. And it's like, there were three entire years of war before that. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, yeah, 1940. Like, I looked up and I was like, when did they make Captain America? I'm like, 1941. We weren't in the war. Yeah. Then. I had to do the math of like, oh, right. Yeah. So it opens, we're in Norway. We have some shots of... Uh, uh, the, 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 what were we going to call it? The Hydromobile? I don't know. Oh, yeah. That, the, like, it, Hitler had, like, a famous car, right? He had a, he had a tank. He had, like, a, it was, like, a train, a tank train that he built so that it would shoot shells over the English Channel, I think. Well, and that's it, it. That was it. No, I mean, Hitler had his own car. Though. Um, like, he had a special. He had, like, a Volkswagen, Volkswagen or something. Volkswagen Beetle. Just so you got, don't ever <laughs> let them. Forget. Yeah. Volkswagen yeah, yeah. vehicles for the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so we come to a church, I think. Yeah. We get some uh, Yggdrasil and Norse stuff. And I think it's kind of tying. This is the first movie. The other movies had a lot of homages. This is the fourth Marvel Studios film. It's actually the last Marvel Studios film before Disney buys them. Because oh. Disney bought them before Avengers. Okay. I think. Because Disney... Mar- Avengers is the first movie that was put out by uh, Disney's production studios. This one was Paramount. Oh. Marvel Studios made it, obviously. Paramount was their distribution. Oh. Because originally, this was a... They, this was all a gamble. Iron Man and Thor. These are their D... Because back in the... Now it's... They're huge, but yeah. these were D, C, B tier heroes. This, this was like... Yeah, this, this movie came out... Like first they had the Hulk with Ed Norton, which well they had the um, before that even they had the uh, the Ang Lee the Ang Lee Hulk, <laughs> um, which who is was Eric Banner. Yeah, Bannon. Talk Bannon. about a, a artistic misfire. But this was like they had the Hulk with Ed Norton, Iron Man, which were the first two movies that officially took place. Did in I like... forget about Hulk? This might be the fifth. There's Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Thor, and I guess Hulk. Yeah. I forgot about Hulk. So this is the fifth Marvel Studios film. No, but those... Didn't this... this Alright, whatever. Hulk? Okay, so Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Thor were all, I think, Paramount pictures. But did Iron Man There's 2... There's a deal with Hulk with Universal, because Universal sort of owns half the movie rights to Hulk. They own so half they, a Hulk. They own half a Hulk. And so they did the standalone... Now that's why there hasn't been another Hulk, because oh, okay. he can be in team-up movies, but he can't have his own movie... So that's so weird. Yeah, intellectual property. Marvel was about to go out of business in the '90s, and they sold off all yeah. their intellectual property. That's yeah. why we have Spider-Man movies made by Sony and X-Men yeah. movies made by Fox, and now yeah. it's all sort of back under the Disney banner, except yeah. Spider-Man, sort of. Yeah, was in the movies, but not. Yeah, Disney. which is just. Anyway, I hope you guys all enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it. back yeah. to the movie. So the Norse stuff is all like Thor, Thor, Thor. Thor exists. The last movie we saw was Thor. I think Hulk might have been somewhere in there. Sure. Well, this the Norse, and he says Odin, and the Tesseract yeah. is all. Yeah. Um, it's starting. Space magic. It, it's it's starting to build like intermovie connections. Yeah, and Howard Stark obviously is Tony's dad, yeah. and he yeah. plays a huge role in this, and we get to see the New York Expo from Iron Man Two, and we're really like digging into the world building now. Yeah. But uh, Hugo Weaving shows up. Hugo Weaving wearing a skin mask. A skin mask. <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, he looks fine. It's not until later when he takes it off. I think his prosthetics look amazing. The whole film. Yeah. I thought it held up. The, I, the Red Skull looks pretty good. Uh, violence, violence. I love when the tank knocks the wall yeah, down. I really so enjoy that. Yeah, it's so over the top. Yeah. But that's, that's what tanks do. Yeah, it's you know, true. You know, I've seen that. You've seen that. Not tanks. We didn't have tanks in Afghanistan, but in Iraq, we knocked down a lot with tanks. Wait, you were in Iraq? I was not. I was in oh, Afghanistan. Oh, okay. But I'm aware. I've seen photos. Oh, okay. Right. And I have a lot of friends who have been in Iraq. Um, so he gets the Tesseract, which Cosmic Cube, it's like a Marvel yeah. thing. Later retconned to be an Infinity Stone. Yeah. I don't think they knew at the time that they were going to do that. Who cares? It's no. a MacGuffin. I noticed not a lot of swastikas. None of the Germans. No. He has a tiny swastika on his hat that later gets replaced. There's a close-up. He's yeah. wearing his hat. It's got the, the eagle... What is, um, what, what's that called? Storm Eagle? The, whatever. Where it's got the Nazi circle yeah, on the top? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause, and, but they talk about Hitler a lot, but it's almost like they're like 
swastika shy and every yeah. scene where i would see like a red armband they never really have the yep. swastika and i was like it's true that makes sense i get why they're doing yeah. it yeah well they because the red skull has his own he started off you know and, and and they tell you this later in the movie he he's his, his real name is like schmidt like heinrich schmidt yes or something like that they don't give a lot of background on him. They say he's a guy who worked for Hitler's science division. He found out about... The, or was he injected with the serum? Yes. So oh, yeah. we've, we'll, we'll get into that. But he, he gets this, the like unstable version of the, yeah. the serum. And I think in the comics, the Vita Rays, which get like a throwaway line... Are more important, like it's the uh, serum plus the Vita Rays in the comics that give him his his magical super soldier. And, yeah. and Red Skull didn't have the Vita Rays, which is like Stark's component uh, to it. Um, but the so the Red Skull is he starts this organization under Hitler called Hydra. He's, he's they're supposed to be like the. There's always been the Nazis. Also, were into. The occult. Yeah. That's like a pretty classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, There's even a line where they're like, Hitler's wasting time in the in yeah. the desert. I'm like, yeah. are you making a Rommel reference no, to a, Africa? I thought Egypt? it was like Indiana Jones. Cause oh! Weren't those guys Nazis? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That definitely is probably what they're referring to. Dude, and like the scene where he opens the book with the Tesseract and the Norwegian guy's like, human eyes aren't meant to see that. Like in Indiana Jones, they open the book mm-hmm. and their no. faces all melt. So. So I didn't do that makes sense yeah. because the aesthetic is very. Yeah. Um, I wrote Indiana Jones ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> um, uh, homages then, are all ripoffs. Yeah. Now. I wrote. Look at the car. We're the bad guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One of my notes was, um, do you really have to make Nazis more evil? I actually thought that, and this comes into play a lot, they, everybody in the movie is kind of making fun of Nazis. Even the Hugo Weaving constantly is like, (laughs) yeah, Hitler. Yeah. And I was like, look at that. They've made their bad guy dismissive of Nazis. Yeah. So they're both like more evil and also being like, hey, Nazis are bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Very interesting ploy. So we cut to our protagonist, Captain America, and his tiny little body. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, okay. He had a tiny body. Here's one thing that jumped out to me that didn't, I didn't notice the first time. So, did you ever try to watch The Irishman? Nope. Okay, so they basically, they CGI Robert De Niro's face on a young man's body. And it's the most creepy, unrealistic... I I couldn't get past it. I had to turn it off. And I noticed they did the same thing with the actor in the recruitment scene. Because it's... What's that actor's name? Chris... Chris Evans. Chris Evans. It's his face, but on like Macaulay Culkin's body. (laughs) Do you think it looked bad? I thought it held up. I, I thought the it only looked I mean, bad it looks in a the, little weird in the first scene, but everything else. When he's shirtless, yeah. When he's like, "Oh, I just want to join," he's like, "You have asthma." I'm so. I actually <laughs> paused the movie to look at all the things that Captain yeah, America yeah. had wrong with him. All right, so he had both rheumatic and scarlet fever. He has asthma. Yes. Heart palpitations, he has. And then I looked, nervous trouble of any sort. I was like, what does that mean? What the fuck? So I looked that up. We still use that in the military, which is crazy. I didn't know because I was a medic. But I guess I never 
uh, was in a recruitment station. Nervous trouble is code word for panic attacks. Oh. So that means that he has severe anxiety disorder and panic attacks. Which he got... I don't think they ever... I mean, I guess he could, but that is one thing I have a hard time seeing Captain America, the character... Having panic like, Having a panic attack. I... I don't know, man. Not and not that. Are you are you shaming? I felt I was like, am I shaming? <laughs> yeah. As someone who has a lot of panic yeah. attacks, he just is so. I wish I could have seen that. Yeah, I want to see what a man who is almost unflappable looks like having a panic attack. Does he just stoic? Like, what does that look like? Well, if it's bad enough that doctors have figured out that he has this. Here, here's what I thought, though, is... So he talks to the guy for, like, 30 seconds. And he says, oh, yeah, my father died in a blah, blah, blah. My mom was a nurse and blah, blah, blah. And then the doctor writes all that shit. Do you think that's, like, more a statement on, like, doctors will just diagnose people with whatever just to, like, support their thesis? Because how could he know if this guy had panic attacks? Well, he... Later in the movie, they have all of... Like, the government is, like, figuring out what he's doing. Yeah. I think it, the point is that he's not good at this. Yeah. Like, he's bad at lying, which is fine. It's, yeah, I think this is yeah. the only time... There's two times in the entire arc of the seven movies that he's a main protagonist and that he lies. There's yeah. this one, and then that lie becomes the third movie's conflict. The second wow. lie. Really? Yeah. Which is that Bucky... Bucky and... Spoilers for all of Marvel! <laughs> uh, that Bucky kills... Iron Man's parents. So he keeps that a secret. He figures that out in the second movie and no. keeps that a secret. Uh, so this his lie to join the military, which I thought is interesting because he's such a morally yeah. sound character, but he's lying to, to get his goal. They um, said it was like his fifth attempt to join or something like that. Right? Yeah. And I also thought it was interesting. I never think of him as an orphan. I Like Spider-Man orphan, yeah. Batman orphan, yeah. Superman orphan. So is Cap. But he, it just, it's such it's a not, quick throwaway yeah, line. Yeah. And he's like an adult, so you yeah. don't. Later on in the other movies, it kind of comes up, I think, a little bit more. But I was also shocked if he's like, my dad died of mustard gas. I would like to be in his unit, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. And and he said his, his mom was a nurse. <laughs> a nurse in a, in a TB ward. And that then got she got hit. TB. Oh. He says she got hit, which I thought was an interesting, like, military mm-hmm. parlance. But I think he meant she caught TB and, and died. I thought that, or maybe Ward got hit by a shell or but something. Like American time military, like what would she have been hit by? Like even Pearl Harbor, even though Michael Bay would have you believe otherwise, they <laughs> never attacked the nurses. Yeah, I I don't know. So I I think that's just them showing like he speaks in a military parlance. Yeah, this is the only part of the movie where Captain America has a want. Yeah. And a goal. Yeah. And his only want and his only goal is to serve his country. To and join. join. Yeah. And that recruiter scene, it was it's crazy to me. I mean, I guess this is a movie made in 2011, so it's not perhaps accurate, but I was like, this is exactly what my recruiter experience was like. Really? Meps, all of it. Just a bunch of shirtless dudes sitting <laughs> in a row. What? We had to do something <laughs> called a duck walk, where they... So they're... It's an assembly line of like, we're going to check everything about you in a day. To check if you can... Only about, I think, 20% of American males are eligible to join the military at any given time. It might be less than that. Really? It's actually harder than people think. Because you have to have basically nothing wrong with you physically. Or mentally. I lied. Yeah. (laughs) To get in. I mean, if they let you in... My recruiter... (laughs) 
on my way to MEPS, MEPS is military entrance processing, I think. My recruiter was like, hey, I know you told me you have ADHD and you've been to therapy and you take all these meds. No, you didn't. Get me? And I was like, but I did. And he's like, no, you didn't. Get me? And so basically, they don't have access to your civilian files, but it's illegal to lie. So I lied and got in. Lots of people. I knew a guy who was blind in one eye. Oh, my God. And he just... Um, listened to the guy ahead of him doing the visual acuity test oh. and just like that sort of stuff That's crazy. happens. But like we did this thing called a duck walk where we were all in our underpants and you have to like squat down and be able to walk forward like a duck because it shows that your hips aren't like <laughs> displaced. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing and weird and it's just a group full of men doing it to like, is this a fraternity? Like, yes, what? I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then like they, they piss test you and they blood test you yeah. and they do vision. That's how I found out I was colorblind. I had no idea before. Oh, you're colorblind? Mildly. Oh, enough okay. to not be an infantryman, but enough to be a medic. A medic. So that like, was... What color is this blood? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's the thing people say to me all the time. Like, how do you know a blood color? I'm like, well, if it's squirting out of yeah. the body. Yeah. I, yeah. I just assumed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... What if it's yellow? Oh, um, the next scene I thought was very poignant. He goes to a movie, and before the movie, they, and they used to do this, they would show like a newsreel. Yes. And the, the newsreel's like, our boys are fighting in Europe. And there's this... By war bombs. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy two rows ahead of him who's like, just play the fucking movie already! God damn it! And I thought... Now, there's a guy who refuses to wear a mask. <laughs> right? I like that there's also a crying woman. Oh, yeah. Like, it's Cap, and he's like, oh, God, I want to join so bad. And then it, like, cuts to a woman who's like, my soldier died, yeah, probably. Yeah. And then, fuck you! Yeah, play the yeah. Dude, that guy's, like, the most pure American in this entire movie. The guy <laughs> yelling to play the movie. Also military age male. Yeah. Was he a soldier? I couldn't... No, I, I think... No, right? Yeah. Like, I didn't see him in a uniform. No. So then... Or maybe he was. I. Uh. Steve Rogers challenges him to a fight. I like when he stands up and yeah. he's like a million feet tall, but yeah. not really. He's just, you know, shot from... The whole, this whole first hour of the movie, to me, the theme was body shaming. Because there was so much body shaming of Steve Rogers. Oh my god, I didn't even For think being about that. short and scrawny. There were like so many scenes. Do you think the movie is against his body? Or do you think that they're... Sh- I, what are you... Because the movie is, he's this scrawny guy. No one respects him. He has no confidence in himself. He can't talk to women. He can't join the army. He can't fight. He gets injected with these drugs. All of a sudden, he's a male model, and he can do everything. Yeah, but the whole point is that he was already that hero. He just yeah. didn't have the powers. Well, there there is that, you know, especially when he later talks with the doctor about why he was chosen as opposed to the other soldiers and it's blah, 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 blah. But if you look at the external events of the film, like his life sucks, he can't do what he wants, boom, he's two feet taller, he has like a handsome chest, six-pack abs, and bam, he's a hero. I, I don't know if the movie is is like endorsing that idea no. or if all like if it's, the, the environment yeah. of like, well, he wants to be a soldier yeah. in World War II. We probably shouldn't send the rheumatic, yeah. asthmatic. Yeah. Well, I think he that's... Would, 
I like that idea. I should... This is an interesting bugaboo that we've yeah, stumbled yeah, into. Yeah. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, I don't want pre-Steve on the front lines. On the front lines, because he's going to die. Or, or be a liability. And that's yeah. an interesting... Because this is the soldier in me coming yeah. out. And even, like, a, this bias prejudice of, like, I want someone who's strong enough to carry me yeah. from the fight. Yeah. See, I... I, I I don't have the experience, so I don't look at it from those. It's terms. a tough thing because, like, uh, boy, here we go. Gender comes into it a lot. Yeah, oh yeah. men being larger and stronger. Yeah. So if you have, like, when we were in training and we were medics, we did a lot of casualty evac. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of our training is, your job is to take this wounded person and get them from point A to point B. And a lot of it was like, here's two miles of rough terrain. Oof. Figure it out. Yeah. And the problem was, is they would always go, hey, you, Rostock. 350 pound bodybuilder you got shot you there small girl figure it out which is smart i mean yeah the military's like hey because he will get hit yeah the big guy is gonna be yeah hurt i mean maybe not but like so you kind of it's like it's a strength versus uh what can you do and i'm not saying women shouldn't be in combat roles i think they should it's just like you got to figure out a soldier weighs, I weigh 220 pounds, my gear weighs 80 pounds, it's 300 pounds that you have to move if I get hit. Yeah. If you weigh 120 pounds, how are you going to do it? Now, there are ways. Yeah. Fireman carries and all that. But, uh, well, I, I, that argument, that mm -hmm. question, I think is always there, especially in the World War II where it's like, we're not going to be in in vehicles. Like, my war was a lot of driving from place to place, having a fight. World War Two, you gotta, you have to you're march. On the front lines, you're moving. And... Yeah, yeah. I also wrote down though, why didn't he just join a civil service? Like, just he wants to fight. But it's like, is that kind of selfish in a way? That is an interesting question because when he, there's a lot. Uh, now this really resonates with me because I don't, I don't have like a, a handy. This is why I joined. Yeah. Right. I have on any given day. If I'm, being, if I'm in a cynical mood, college. If I'm in a patriotic mood, 9-11. If yeah. I'm being real honest, I think I've always had a desire to fight, like, mm-hmm. deep down. And if I'm being spiritual, I think I've fought in other wars. Yeah. Ooh, wow. Um, and I... So this, watching him... And there's a desperation yeah. in his character where he just wants this yeah. so bad. And it's... In one hand, you're like, well, that's very selfless. And his line where he says... Um, him and um, we're jumping around, but he says, uh, "Men are laying down their lives. I don't have any right to do any less than them." And then immediately, Bucky goes, his his best friend goes, uh, "So you have nothing to prove." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. Is he being selfish? Is he being selfless? That's the movie would have you and Captain yeah. America as a character. He's always Mr. Morality. Yeah, He's yeah, paragon of virtue, but." I actually, I really, like, the first hour of this movie, like, normally a character like Captain America, I would be, like, boring. But I found it really interesting, like, his arc, him trying to join the military and not being scrawny enough, and him sort of being the underdog, I actually really liked and found very interesting. And even after he transforms, and they're like, we're gonna just make you play dress up and be a piece of propaganda. I even found that pretty interesting. Let's get to that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we go to the World Fair. 
We meet Howard Stark, one yeah. of our main characters. Uh, we we find out that Steve's kryptonite is women. Yeah. He's just awful with them. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. fun. It's great. It's great. I, there's a scene where he like tries to give a girl peanuts. Oh yeah, like yeah. a quiet he's like, you want peanuts, and yeah. she's like, "Ugh, get the fuck away from me, you short freak!" <laughs> and then, um, and then he tries, of course, to join the army again. And we meet the scientist who yeah. is going to turn him, whose name I Abraham Erskine, Doctor Abraham Erskine. I I wrote down um, that we've got uh, what's his name. Who's the actor? Stanley Tucci? Uh, Stanley Tucci. And I was like, oh, that's our through line to our last film, Bumblebee. But he was not in Bumblebee. No. He was just in other Transformers yeah, movies, yeah. and I mentioned him. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down, to your body shaming point, I wrote down and underlined, soldiers get girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, because, basically. Because, yeah. no, in the background of every scene, there'll be a soldier in uniform, and then a woman will come up and yeah. link her arm, and then yep. they'll walk off together. Yep. Or there's a scene where a girl's like, come on, soldier! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, over and over yep. and over again. Yeah. Yep. Steve is reinforced, like, hey, yeah. do you want a girlfriend? Do you want love? Be a soldier. Be a soldier, Be a soldier. yeah. And that definitely oh, yeah. is something that yeah. resonates well, with we me. Could, we could talk about that in a little bit. Bucky, oh, we forget. Big scene, huge, I, I can't believe, before the fair, beats up, getting beaten up in the By alley. the guy from the, the guy theater. The and Bucky shows up. But he has his, his line, his line that has followed him through the whole series, uh, I can do this all day, which uh, is like the thesis statement. Of Captain America. Right. Which is that he just takes a punch. Yeah. He's like Rocky in that... Yeah. While he has powers, his biggest power, and the one that they keep... This movie doesn't do it as much. In the later movies, excruciatingly, just beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And they throw him off buildings, and he gets hit yep. by bombs. Yeah. And he always just gets back up. That's yep. like his character. Yeah. And then this, he just... Stay down! Yeah. No. Yeah, he's getting beaten up in a bag of trash and he's like, yes. still... And he picks up his the, the trash can yeah, and you're like, yeah. yay! Yay! Symbolism! Yay! Um, I want to get into that. I love that he has a shield. Yeah. As a character. So, um... So then, okay, so... Stanley Tucci is like, we're gonna bring you to the army. He, he's like, we're... He basically is like, this is what you have to say and we'll get you joined to a unit. Right. Well, he he stamped so all that we keep seeing. Steve gets rejected. Four yeah. F. Yeah, you're not good enough for the U.S. Army. And then he gets stamped one A. Yeah, and the music swells. Yeah, and it was the moment. It's the same musical key that when you see Excalibur yep. or Luke Skywalker gets, and it's the same yep. time in the movie. Yep. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. him getting recruitment papers yeah. is his Excalibur. Yeah. That says so much. It I does. know it's it a does. war movie, and I get that he like that's his want. But the the subtle movie making craft, yeah, the way it it just communicates. This is a good thing. <laughs> this is, and then <laughs> Steve stops being a character for a while in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, so then it cuts to they're training. It's your typical World War Two. They're doing jumping jacks. <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones shows up. Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Haley Atwell playing a, Peggy Carter, a British, a British oh, super yeah. spy. And then there's this is really cool. So all the soldiers are lined up. There's this one dick who's like, <laughs> what? What was this? Gilmore Harge. Hodge, Hodge, who in the comics Nazi. Oh, really? He defects from America and becomes a Nazi once he doesn't get to be Captain America. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They do not do that in this. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's later in the movie, too. Oh. 
Yeah, so uh, they're like lined up and this British woman is like, I was sent by the office of OSS to her. He's like, a dame telling us what to do. And and she's like, I thought this was the American military. Yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> so. And then she's like, she asks him to step forward. And he's like, what are you going to do, kiss me? And then she just kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> no, she punches him in the face. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then Steve laughs. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's their meet-cute. Meet yeah, yeah. And their meet-cute is violence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Then Tommy Lee Jones shows up in a Jeep. He looks mm -hmm. great in a uniform, but he is just a grumpy old man. I immediately wrote down, I'm so glad he's not doing the drill sergeant shtick. Yeah. He's not doing... What's... Is it Ernie Hudson? No, that Ernie, is... Ernie... Uh, the... the Arlie, 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 yeah. The Arlie, guy from Arlie. Full We're not Metal doing jacket. Full Metal yeah, Jacket. Yeah, yeah. We're not doing the like, get on the rock. In my army. Yeah, yeah. There is a character who does that a little later, but he's very like, I'm over this. Yeah. I have a war to fight. Yeah, he's jaded. And, yeah. oh boy, do I, I love him. He's, he actually was, uh, it's, it, he was a really good character. And I, I think most of the actors who were in this movie were actually pretty good. I didn't have a problem with. I don't think anyone. Yeah. I, I if anything, I thought some of the characters were underdeveloped. I definitely thought the Red Skull was just like okay. That is a problem <laughs> that pervaded most of the early Marvel films. The the bad guy is the, just the like, bad, yeah. I'm evil because. Brr. <laughs> I also this whole early part of the film. I think basically maybe the first half is very the aesthetic. Yeah, is so campy, but on purpose. And a lot, of, a lot of the movie is characters setting up dialogue where they're like, "Well, that'll never happen." Yeah, and then and it then, does, and then it does. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was so interesting because I was like, Cap got what he wanted, mm -hmm. sort of. I mean, he still wants to become a super soldier, but he deep down, it we've pulled back from him as a character, and now we're just watching the world react to him. Yeah. So we're watching how does Haley Atwell react to him and how does Tommy Lee Jones, Tommy Jones and the two of them are in conflict and yes. the conflict comes from they don't agree. Also the scientist who yeah. is, but the scientist is sort of like, I agree. I think Captain America, I think Steve Rogers Steve should Rogers. be it. And then we've got Tommy Lee Jones who's like, absolutely not. Yeah. And then we're, the, the conflict is which way is Haley Atwell going to go? Because she's kind she's of like, the oh, that's third vote. She's yeah. The and it's like, vote. which way? And that's, I'm like, because the conflict isn't, is Steve good enough? Because yeah. yes. It's, Obviously, he it's, jumps it's, on a grenade. Yeah. There's no hesitation. He has nothing to learn as a character. It's, and is he tall enough? That's what Tommy Lee Jones is saying. Is we so the so the conflict is they they want to pick one soldier to give the super serum to to make him this like super soldier. I mean that's and they want to use uh, get Hodge the dick. He's a good soldier. Yeah, he takes but he's, orders. He's loyal. And he's, strong. he's strong, and he's like six foot two, which is so. And then you've got Cap. Who there's a scene where they're going running. There's a bunch of scenes of like yeah. he's weak. Look how weak he yeah, is. He yeah. can't do a push up. Yeah, how could yeah. he be a soldier? Yeah. Then there's a scene where they're like, if you can get this flag. By the way, scene from Mulan. Oh really? Remember where they where I, let's I, get I down to business? Mulan. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Well, Should we do that on the next episode? <laughs> it is a movie about war. <laughs> uh, they there's a song where he's singing, "Let's get down to business, defeat the Huns." Uh, which is way better than when you say it. It's okay. a very great, it's a good trailer. And he shoots an arrow into the top of a greased up pole. And he's like, you got to go get that. But you got to wear these um, weighted 
um, weights, and no one can do it until Mulan figures out if you if you tie them together, you can climb up the pole using the weights. Oh. And that was the same thing as all these guys are trying to skirt up the pole, and Get then the Cap flag. comes over and just drops it because yeah. it, it's like work smarter, not harder. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the film is just him punching people. Yeah, he yeah. Never really yeah. has to think. Yeah, he never outthinks anyone. <laughs> At least He's that I like, can remember. Yeah, it's it's kind. But of... But it does show like Cap is clever and he doesn't need strength, and he's such a good. Well, you said the scene where Tommy Lee Jones pretends to throw a live grenade at everyone, and Hodge is like, I'm getting out of here! And he, like, hides behind the truck, and Steve Rogers jumps on it and is like, everyone run away! I'm gonna take the explosion! And they're like... That also is another example of a character setting something up, because the scientist is like, he's the best with... I can't do a German accent. Yeah, he's yeah. the best he's one! He's the best one! He's the best one! <laughs> yeah. Oof. And um, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't know. No. And then he's like, I'll show you. And he throws the fake throws grenade. The grenade. And in my head, I'm like, what is he, what is he trying to prove yeah. here? Does yeah, he think yeah. Hodge is going to... Yeah. Maybe he thinks Hodge is going to do it, but everybody runs and Steve jumps on it. Yeah. Showing us that he's a, a selfless character. That's a real thing, by the way. That That's most of the ways you get a Medal of Honor now. Really? Yeah, the only Medal of Honor recipients that I can think of in the last few years jumped on a live grenade. One of them survived and then did it again. That's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I just... You know, and this is coming from a non-military perspective, but I, if you look at it uh, through a very not romantic lens, what Tommy Lee Jones does and what Steve Rogers does is like, basically it's like, are you willing to commit suicide for this army? Mm-hmm. And that's how we judge whether or not you're a good soldier. Which is something like the Japanese did, which is something I'm sure uh, ISIS does. As a, as, as a vet, that is... It, it's because he's not killing himself. Yeah. He's saving his platoon. Right. And but that's, he is killing himself. I mean, yeah, but it's not It's not the selfish act of, I'm going to kill him. Because yeah, I think I, suicide I, is very selfish. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't think jumping on a grenade is selfish. Right. It's the opposite. Because you're, yeah. you're taking the hit so that everyone else lives. I'm not saying it's not heroic, but just for the military to be like, are you willing to die for us? Are you willing to die for us? Well, that's baked in. Yeah, that's... I, I mean, mean, especially World War II, it was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're probably gonna. Yeah. Especially, like, there were, like if you're a pilot yeah. in World War II, you have a 30-second... Um, like, uh, chance to pull your... No, 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 or... what's the word? Life expectancy. Oh, A really? pilot, a World War II wow. fighter pilot had about a 30-second life expectancy. Really? And a bomber pilot had, like... A couple of minutes. Dude. And because statistically, You're you dead. were going to die. Yeah. And he wanted to be on the front lines of combat. Yeah. So I, and as a soldier, and this is something I've worked through in therapy a lot, is like, I was very willing and like, wanted to give my life for the country. It, it's like a source of pride. Whether or not that's a good thing. Yeah. But like, we had to stop the Nazis. This, yeah. is, this is a weird movie because it's World War II, and I think World War II is pretty unambiguously like, yeah, yeah we needed to stop yeah. Hitler. As opposed to like, if this had been like, oh, Vietnam. and then he goes to Vietnam, and you'd be yeah. like, yeah. he's like, I really want to fight Vietnam so yeah. bad. You'd be yeah. like, oh, I mean, I guess. But World War II, <laughs> you're like, well, yeah. And I, um, I noticed that the German scientist is Jewish, the one who creates Captain did, America. Did he... Did he allude to that? Because yes. he gave a little of his backstory. Because he says, he, so this is the scene. He, he goes to see uh, where we are Rogers. in the movie. We've gotten through the training. They've picked Steve. They're sitting together. He's like, tomorrow's a big day. Yeah. He gives him a speech about where he came from. And he's like, people forget German or Hitler invaded his own country first. Uh, and he's talking about being uh, 
a Jew, like Jewish uh, and, and being kicked out of his country. And I thought he came was, for him. Uh, and it's so interesting because Stan Lee is Jewish, Jewish yeah. and he created Captain, Captain America, America in 1941. Yeah. Captain America's punching Hitler in the jaw. Yeah. Super yeah. famous comic. Yeah. It's in the movie. Yeah. And he did sell war bonds. Yeah. Captain America, the character was a propaganda tool, not in the negative connotation of yeah. propaganda, but like he helped sell war bonds for the Americans. Yep. Here is a movie where, so it's a Jewish writer invents this character yep. who, yep. and now now a Jewish scientist. I'm like yeah. the meta-ness of yeah. this. There's so many layers yeah. down that I found profound. That probably explains why this scientist was like so eager to kick Hitler's ass, right? Of course. So I thought that was actually a really good scene. The only problem was he gives the Red Skull's backstory and it just, he's like, it doesn't, he's like, he was this guy named Schmidt. He found me because he was obsessed with these like supernatural powers. I gave him the serum, but the serum brings out a person's personality and magnifies it. And since he was a bad guy, he became even badder. When he said that, I, I was, he was, because he says, good becomes great, yeah. bad becomes worse. And I'm like, but Cap has asthma. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to have like super intense heart palpitations. Asthma. Yeah. And I'm like, so what it really does is it makes you physically perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all, I, does he mean like mentally? Like, I, I think, but that's one of those things where it's like, I like Cap as a character. I like the idea of a morally good man that the world is forced to contend with. But I don't like the idea that, like, the magic science juice <laughs> made Cap a good, even gooder man. Well, it's the body shaming. That's what I'm... <laughs> it's like, well, it. you could be a hero if you're only a foot and a half taller, you know? <laughs> well, right? Do you think every American soldier was over 5'6 who fought in that? No. no. No, but I mean... Dude, Mel Brooks was like a... He was at, at the... Beaches of Normandy, like Minesweeper. He's he's like five four. That's fair. So maybe we don't put them yeah. on the front lines, I don't carrying know. all the big guns. As as you know, but the <laughs> the asthma is still yeah. You can't get in with asthma yeah. because asthma is those debilitating. Those, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's ba- it's like how how bad is the thing you have? Like, will it debilitate yeah. you in combat? Because it's combat's hard enough. Yeah. And it's stressful, and you need to not become a liability. This is completely unrelated, but one thing I always wondered was, uh, let's say you're in combat and, and you really had to use the bathroom. Well, first of all, you probably won't. Because yeah, when you go body... into your, your fight or flight, or you'll shit yourself. Did I didn't, but oh, I, right. I'm, people did. I mean, I, no shame. You're, yeah, you're, I mean... You're going into... Uh, I mean, you're Honestly, a life or death situation. I mean, you know? I'm trying to remember. Like, I definitely, definitely got attacked while I was shitting. <laughs> Did you finish? I think so. I don't. Or was I showering? I don't. We got attacked so many times. Oh man! Did you run out in your robe? <laughs> um, I was in underwear once or oh. twice. I usually would That's pull so on crazy. pants or boots or whatever. Yeah, man. Some people made a game out of like, if we're gonna get attacked in the middle of the night, I'm showing up in the goofiest. Yeah. And so, like a poncho. And, like, oh my god. Like I came in a thong. And, like, oh my god. It's, you know, it's your hundredth battle. So yeah. Like, might as well. Is it like the like? I know. We're then, gonna... granted, we were we were on a fixed position base fighting uh, an encroaching enemy, so it's different when you're on the front lines yeah. and you're like moving. And, yeah. And whatever. Was the first battle you were like, oh, okay, this is serious, and then like the ninetieth, you're like, all right, whatever. 
the first time we got attacked, we, had, we were the second night we were in country. Or no, the second night we were on our base, mortars came in, uh, or rockets. I think it was rockets. And I remember waking up, and my thought was, that's not what the recordings sound like. Because <laughs> recordings are always like, you know, the yeah, whistle yeah, and then the yeah, boom. Yeah. And a rocket moving through the air screams like a freight train. Yeah. Like, it's such, it's like a banshee mixed with a freight train. It's fucking horrifying. Jesus. Because it's it's moving so fast that it's like ripping the air and it's got an engine. It's it's so hard to articulate and I just was, I was horribly terrified. I dove under my bed and was probably panicking for like, I don't know, it felt like 30 seconds. Maybe it was only a second because who knows in combat. And I had the realization of this bed frame is made of wires and cloth. Like cloth. Yeah. It is not going to protect me. And that was my training going like, you're not yeah. in a good position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as that kicked in, I stopped being afraid and I became violently angry. And I got my gun and I was like, someone's getting shot. Nice. And then me and everybody else ran to the walls of our base and we posted up and then nothing happened. Because that's what combat is now. Yeah, yeah. It's them gonna they're gonna take pop shots at you yeah, and yeah, shoot yeah. some rockets from behind a mountain and yeah. and you're gonna you have no one to fight. Yeah. And then we just all got we just waited and then slowly the adrenaline fades and the and then other battles were you know we had somewhere we fought back but it's we moved to a different base where we were in like a fishbowl mm. of mountains and so it was hard to see where they were at and you're just sort of shooting in the general direction of like I think there are bad guys over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and by the end it's more like a tired frustration yeah. and it's like you've just been attacked so many times that I don't know you just become like numb to it like Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon 2 yeah like, I'm too old for this shit yeah and like you're <laughs> just sort of like I don't know it's hard to you. Be, it just becomes reality you're yeah. like well, we fight that's what this is yep. we live here we live in combat you're always sort of waiting for it. Mm-hmm. The new normal. Mm-hmm. Which, so... Okay, yeah. Back to... Yeah. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, back to yeah. Captain America. That's the point of the podcast! Uh, not a perfect soldier, but a good man. I like that line. Yeah. About what the super soldier program is about. Yeah, it's sort of yeah, the yeah. thesis of the film. Yeah. But, uh, so the very next scene is... Peggy Carter in a car. Oh, yeah. And, and, and they're talking about dancing. Oh. I've seen this movie like 12 times. Is, is dancing sex... Back then it was. When they're like, <laughs> I'm waiting for the right partner. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Are they, is, he, is he admitting he's a virgin? Is Dude. he like, I've never... I'm a virgin. I'm the greatest incel. That whole scene, she's like, man, I would date you if you were taller. That's all I got from that. Because it's like they're... They're flirting, they have a good back and forth, but he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm no, I've never been good with women and barber. They always To be fair, he's not. But there he is. He's talking to a beautiful woman. He calls her a dame. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, why do you join the army when you're such a beautiful dame? And then he's like, oh, no, I mean, sorry. I'm so sorry. What I mean is. Woman, 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 beautiful Person who identifies as female. Yeah, that was, I mean. But also, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but do you think that you're applying a 2020 worldview onto a 1940s America where, yeah, we body shamed, 
Yeah, well, I just think the... I, I don't think it, it was something the movie did. I just think the story of Captain America is inherently a little bit body shaming. Because it, it really... It's, it's this short, scrawny guy. And I mean, like, they bring him into the laboratory and the general's like, someone get this kid a sandwich. You know? Like, that's true. <laughs> you got me there. I really want to defend this and I feel like I'm in the wrong. But, but it's like... Because, it's, like... He would have been a terrible soldier, though. Yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm not, not saying. Well, I'm not saying, but like, I mean, maybe there's a role for him, but probably this was a comic book written in 1942, mm-hmm. so things were extremely 1941, extremely different back then. And like, yeah, you could get away with a narrative that's like, yeah, th- this short, scrawny kid gets injected with the serum, and now he has a perfect body, and he can go and fight. Would the you find it? objectionable and I think they've done characters like this where like a disabled character gains superpowers or the ability to like Daredevil like like if sure Daredevil or if like Bruce Banner was in a wheelchair until he was the Hulk I don't know if there are characters like that I'm sure there's like Uh, a wheelchair bound character yeah there are like um Oracle from Batman Batman. Joker shoots yeah but she's parallel disabled she becomes disabled she's Oracle for a long time and she finds purpose and then they give her her legs back, her her ability oh, to walk really? later. I, see, I didn't. And know she that. becomes Batgirl again. And I'm, it's like, is that? I'm I'm not I'm not trying to lead you. I, I'm uh, is I, that ableist? Do you think? I don't I don't know. I don't know if like I I can't speak to that because I am not disabled. But uh, as someone who has dealt with uh, body issues before, I do. And I'm not saying it's like. They should get rid of Captain America, but I'm just saying that coming from that context, I can sort of interpret this story as being that way. And I still accept it, but like it, it is, that's just the frame, the lens from which I see it. And much mm. in the same way that like you see that recruiting scene and having actually been recruited in such, you're going to bring certain experience to that table and, and sort of view it a certain way. Without completely being like, oh, they should get rid of this and get it out, but just that being your understanding. Did, do you think that affected your ability to like uh, relate with him, or did it help you? Because I, he, I did, I definitely bullied. Yeah, I, re- I believe it or not, I related to him when he was being bullied and when he was like. Did you relate less when he became muscular? No. Because I, I too myself went through like a sort of transformation where I started working out and got in really good shape. Um, but I think what I really related to was his body changed, but his personality didn't. Well, and also the, the scientist says that. Yeah. He, and that's why they chose him. They, he says something like a weak man or a strong man will, will forget the value. Forget, but a yeah. weak man, understand, will yeah. never. And I was like, I, I like I like that. Yeah. And I, it's one of those things where I think that if he could have, if it wasn't stopped by his own genetics, he would have been that the whole time. He would have worked hard. Yeah. Get, oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, not like yeah. laziness yeah. Or, or like an unwillingness. I just thought not that everyone who's skinny is lazy. Yeah. Boy, this is a, this is a, hot, this is a hard this, topic. This is a heavy topic. No, I just... I thought it was like funny and amusing. I, I at no point was like offended or anything. <laughs> I def, I def. That well, that's good. I yeah. I, I don't know why I desperately want to defend this movie so bad. No, um, no, I get especially it. Especially because I have so many 
critiques later. Yeah. I guess because it's not something that I super struggled with. That line where he goes, what happened to you? And he goes, I joined the army. And I was like, that's what happened to yeah, me. Yeah. Because I was this scrawny kid and then I joined yeah. the army and obviously you, you're going to bulk up. Yeah. And people are like, you're different. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Yeah. And so I like this scene. This is okay. So which scene? The so we're in the laboratory, and it's the scene where mm-hmm. Cap is becoming Captain, Captain America. America, or yeah. Steve Rogers is becoming Captain America. And what's interesting to me, and I I noticed this, we don't see. This is probably because he's like a little guy and he becomes a big guy. Yeah. But we don't see that. They put him no, in a no. in a machine that completely envelops him, and you can't even see his face, and he doesn't talk. He he has a couple quips. But yeah, it's again, yeah, like, yeah. the story is more people reacting to him than it about... Yeah. Like, in the Iron Man, they keep doing close-ups of Robert His Downey face, Jr.'s face. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. like, they could have done that here. They could have shown, shown him, him and he'd struggling. Be like, oh. or, yeah, but they chose not to. Yeah. Which I thought was a very interesting choice. I thought this scene... I thought it was, like, of all the, like, origin scenes you see in movies, I thought it was really well done. I just... I thought it was hilarious how, like, basically when the machine is done, it just, like, for, like, a quick second becomes, like, a close-up of, like, a male model's torso. And <laughs> it's like, look at these si- these patriotic six-pack abs. And he's like, oh. And it's like, he looks like one of the Backstreet Boys or some shit. I don't know if the Backstreet Boys <laughs> ever got that big. Yeah. But, but, he, but, by the way, when Haley Atwell lightly, like, touches his chest, oh, yeah. not... Yeah, Impro- it was improvised. She like it was. Oh, she really? said she's like, I did not mean oh. to do that. She had just never seen him look like oh, shirtless, really? and she was like, Ugh, and like just oh man, wanted to touch him. Yeah, well, basically that's I want to touch him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he comes out. He looks great. He, he looks look- great. Oh yeah. And I, you know what I did like is like he looked great. He didn't look cartoonish. They also oiled him up, so I oh, like the yeah, idea yeah. that, like, oh my I guess, God. I mean, he's sweating, but I like the idea that this machine, We're like, gonna grease up these ass. Up a little bit. <laughs> I love that he struggles through it. I love yeah. that he overcomes it. It's, yeah. I love that there's not a moment, I, that he's such an interesting character, because any other movie, it would be hesitation. Should I do this? Oh, Have yeah, talk. yeah, yeah, yeah. At no point, yeah. ever, does Captain America... Did, there's one scene in the movie where he hesitates, and it's before he goes on stage. But, like, oh, before yeah, going yeah. into this, everyone's like, are you going to be able to do this? And he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. I forget he has, like, a joke line. He doesn't even... From what I can tell, he doesn't even know what it is, necessarily, that's done to him. They don't tell him. They're not like, we're going to give... He's like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. He's yeah, like, yeah, 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 whatever gets me... It's going to hurt, sure. <laughs> And I like just he just grits his teeth through it, and I like the line where he's like, "I can do this." Yeah, and like the, the the emotion behind the voice, Chris Evans. Yeah, great. Yeah, just loved it. So then, what happens immediately is a politician who was there uh, turns out to be a Nazi, a Hydra agent, which I think is like are. Th- What's the message there? Is like every po- like don't trust politicians or? Uh, I mean the state, the guy, the senator, because there's like a senator who doesn't get a lot of characterization, no. but he kind of is there and is a bumbling fool too. So all the politicians in this movie are kind of inept. Uh, that actually carries through for like the rest yeah. of the series oh, yeah. of the other Marvel movies. Uh, but I I think that was just like we need a spy. Yeah, we need a, and then um, the spy kills Abraham Erskine. He sure does, and I don't think he has a line. No, but he touches. He runs up and he like touches Captain America's heart. 
to be like, be a good man. Yeah, which I thought was cool because normally, like, a the doctor would say like a really corny line, mm-hmm. like, "Do well in the future," but he's just like, "Don't waste what I've yeah, given." Yeah, yeah, something, something like just terrible. Like, well, Iron Man had a same scene where he, you know, the the guy who's just like, "Don't," which I thought was well done. But like, this is a pretty the mentor dies and he crosses just, a yeah. threshold, and then the Nazi runs. Through back through the entrance mm-hmm. of the laboratory, which is like a antique shop. An antique shop. <laughs> and there's a grandmother with, with a, a Tommy machine a Tommy. gun who he just blows away, which is your hilarious death for this movie. He, I actually <laughs> thought the gun violence, whenever there are guns and not lasers, is yeah. pretty it's pretty accurate. Yeah, the guns good. aren't I mean, they don't sound loud enough, but they that people die yeah. immediately. Yeah. You get shot, you fall to the ground. Yeah. If you get shot a bunch of times, people get hit in the head, and there's not a lot of like. Yeah, it's. I was surprised because this is like a kids' movie, yeah. and when the guns come out, they're they're deadly. It's not yeah. like people are shooting and everybody's conveniently getting missed. Like Cap gets shot. Yeah. A little later in this scene, Peggy comes out. By the way, I, I looked up whose guns are what. Uh, she has uh, what's the James Bond gun? She always oh has the her, Walter PPK. The Walter PPK. Yeah, she always has yeah. one of those, and Cap's always carrying an M. Uh, not Oh yeah, Captain America had a gun. He has the um the standard rifle. Uh, he has a pistol that was the standard issue of the World War Two. Was the M one A one? No, that's not. It's a tank. It's the the Colt Colt nineteen eleven A one or whatever. It's oh called. really? No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use my computer here. We looked it up. It's the M nineteen eleven A one. Yes, classic, classic. Uh, I was surprised that he uses firearm. a gun. I'm not. He's a soldier. It would be weird if they tried... I think it'd be odd if they tried to portray him as, like, non-violent. Is, I thought he was one of those Batman types where he doesn't kill. No. No, he's a World War II soldier. He oh. he kills. He kills. Yes. And does he does he kill him like the other Pretty movies? much everybody in the Marvel movies. Well, this is his first... Yeah. His first foray. So in the other movies, he uses... A, in the Avengers, he uses a gun. Oh, really? Um, later on, they fight less people... It, it becomes it, more like robots aliens, or aliens or whatever. But he he kills. Okay. He kills a lot in All this right. movie. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's never like like they'll just like run into some like factory and they'll like light people up. But it's never like, oh, I am killing you. Well, there's a scene later where he's on a motorcycle and he pulls a pin on a grenade oh, and yeah. he kind of like looks back as they explode. And I was like, yeah, he's our hero. Um. So so yeah. So, so he, the, that whole chase scene. Is great. I because it's just like it, it's Chris Evans, but he's like sprinting. Well, here's what I realize about Captain America is his his powers don't really translate too well visually. But I kind of like what I like about him is like yeah, he's he's really he's like super strong, but he's not like the Hulk where he can just pick up a car. He's fast, but he's not like the Flash where he's like can go at the speed of sound. He's like. He's just like slightly above what the maximum human capacity would be. That's what the powers are in the comics. He is like peak human potential. Yeah. So he's basically like, if a human can do it, if an ultimate gymnast could do yeah. this thing, he can do that thing. Exactly. And this movie being the first one where they, I don't think, I think you're right. They visually don't really know how to make what he does interesting. Yeah. In a lot of the later movies, it's much more visceral and yeah. interesting. Yeah. And I don't know if that is 
figuring out how to shoot the character or an evolution of the character being right. more I uh, thought like being like learning how to use because yeah. he's also like I just there's a scene where he's running and he like looks yeah, and he's down like, and he's like holy shit yeah, yeah, yeah. I can really book and then yeah. he's and he's trying to take a corner and he like falls yeah. into a shop yeah 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 I, I thought it was a good chase scene I liked him running on top of the cars and he's doing all this shirtless and shoeless too Yes, yes. <laughs> There's a part where he falls into glass, and I was like, she is yeah. on bare, barefoot on glass. Uh, he picks up yet another shield looking yeah, yeah, at the yeah, car yeah. door. And then there was a The really... Nazi grabs a kid. Yeah, and, and the, so the Nazi grabs a kid, puts the gun to his head, and Cap is like, don't kill the kid, don't kill the kid. Yeah, don't. And the Nazi throws the kid into the harbor. Yeah. And Cap runs to the edge of the dock to save the kid. And the kid's like, it's okay. I can swim. Go get him. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I I don't know what it is about that, but it is. It's so amusing. It reminded me, weirdly, of the Batman original series meme where he's carrying oh, yeah. a giant bomb. Yeah, yeah, And every yeah. time he gets to the edge, yeah. there's like a family of ducks yeah. or something. And yeah. I was just like, this is... Like a funny little beat. Yeah. Don't worry, mister, I can swim. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It It was just like, it felt oddly like realistic in this really bizarre comic book movie. Uh, but then he, he beats up the bad guy. He was in like a tiny submarine. Submarine. And uh, the bad guy says like, you know, kill one of us and eight more pop Cut out. off one head and ten, and ten more, two more will take its place. And he bites a cyanide. Oh, and, and I guess the Nazi had stolen what was remaining of the serum. and he, But it broke. It broke. Yeah, so he was there to steal the yeah. serum. He can't. He destroys it and blah, 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 blah. This is when, uh, so the the general or the colonel, Tommy Lee Jones, he's like, I wanted an army and I just got you and yeah. I, I'm not going to use you. Yeah. Because he still doesn't like him. Which is like, what? I, I get that. But he's, he's a, one guy. He's a superhuman. You just put all this effort into creating this guy and you're like, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, what the fuck? This guy just ran on top of cars and shit. I kind of get that. He's a colonel. He's looking for this thing. He doesn't get what he wants. Now he's like, it's a wash to him. He's like really? moving on. I think is what they're going for. Is like, what am I going to do with one guy who's yeah. strong? I guess who he already is like not. He does. Yeah. He that, already doesn't yeah. like him. But here's, this is, I Plus thought. That, I also think they were supposed to send him to a lab. Like, we're going to send you to a lab to make more. It's probably uh, not going to work, but uh, we're going to post. And then the senator is like, no, I have a better idea. This was my f- one of my favorite sequences in the movie because like I, I just like I really I feel like it captured a certain ethos of like America in a certain way where because the senator's like we're gonna use you to make propaganda well he says we're gonna put you he's like are you ready to be on the most important battlefield yeah. of the war and he's like of course I am yeah and then smash cut to he's he's in a theater. In a theater. And chorus girls. There's beautiful women. And he's got his dorky original he, oh, costume with the triangle it shield. Looks terrible. And even, and what's great is he's gorgeous. Yeah. Body. Yeah. Like he, yeah, specimen. He, yeah. And he looks terrible. He looks awful. It's like not form yeah. fitting. Yep. Yep. And they're singing the best song, with the Star Spangled oh, Man. Oh, Star Spangled yeah. Man with the plan. Oh. It's just so 
campy and corny. It's terrible. And he's socking Hitler on the jaw. And, and he has like his lines written on the back. It's <laughs> like, make sure you buy war bonds today. Every every <laughs> war bond is a bullet in the gun of your yeah. best best guy. Yeah. And it's oh, I love it because that shows like what America is is just this like bullshit PR like exploitive like propaganda just monstrosity. Oh, I got a totally different take from that. <laughs> do it, do it. I just it's you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong about any of that, but it's it's this you got to I think you got to take yourself back to the 1940s. Well, yeah. And you got to and then you got to think about like this war needs fighting. Yeah. And we don't have the money. Yeah. And we got to convince America to back yeah. this yeah. war. And so they have This makes sense. Yeah. Get the chorus girls out buy war bonds. Yeah. It is saving lives. Yeah. And that's what Captain America originally, originally was. That's what he was. That comic yeah. book of him socking Hitler on the jaw yeah, was yeah. a way to show Americans like, hey, that was 1941. We weren't even in the war. Oh, really? No, because it was 1941. Uh, he, I don't know when the Hitler punch thing, but Captain America crazy. was pre our entrance to World wow. War. Wow. Because remember, we didn't want to go. America no. was no. kind of like, no, World War One was bad, and yeah, it's the other yeah, side of the yeah. world, and the Great Depression, and like, let them, and then Pearl Harbor, obviously. Yeah. But the propaganda of like, let's go, let's go yeah, fight them. Yeah, we yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. and it's an all, was there a draft? Yeah, was, of course. In World War Two, There was, was actually a, a peacetime draft. In World War Two, Before, right before uh, we entered the war, there was the first ever like peacetime draft. Oh, I thought it was largely volunteer because people wanted to go. No, I think I think it was like like four or five months before Pearl Harbor. Even during there was a draft, or were people more willing to? Sign oh, up? during there there was a draft too, but they obviously were flooded with people who after Pearl Harbor. Even like, so I read this book. Uh, there's even the uber wealthy would send their kids. Yeah, like like you George H. W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> he fought in World War Two. He did. You didn't, oh, I didn't know, know that. He was a pilot. I knew he was a pilot. I guess I just didn't do the time frame. He was like a... Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, the Kennedys, JFK... Yeah, if you were was... like a rich son, someone's rich son, you were a fighter pilot. Yeah. Which was one of the most dangerous they, jobs yeah. in the world. Because rich people used to matter more. Yeah. <laughs> That's they, right. My they, Your worth to me is determined by your willingness to fight World War II, yeah. evidently. Yeah. I have so many problematic yeah, views. Yeah, dude. That are yeah, slowly man. coming to the surface. Yeah, man. First My, you hate short people, and, 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 and I'm like, people. women shouldn't be in, the, <laughs> yeah. in combat. Women maybe. can't lug around 300 pounds. I still like. There's a part of me that's like, I know that's probably wrong, but I keep arguing. I mean, you know. Anyway, don't cancel me. Yeah. Um, Subscribe to our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> Find me on TikTok. So. I love I love all those scenes. I love the the songs, and he meets Star Lord's mom, the actress that plays Star Lord's mom from later. Like, and there's she's like, oh my god, oh yeah, and it's this, it's like you're hot now, yeah, and everybody yeah. wants you, and yeah. But but he's like, I hate this, yeah. But I like that he gets better at it, and yeah. that he's he, there's no cynicism. He's yeah. not like ugh. I don't want to do this. It's stupid. He like puts forth his best effort. He's selfless. And he's like, I'm, you know, there's a 10%. He says there's a 10% bump in bottoms every, every state, state I go, I go to. to. Yeah. And that line is sort of dismissed by the other character. She's like, oh, it sounds like the senator's talking. And I'm like, yeah. but 
But he's saving lives. I mean, he's not saving... It's interesting because he is helping the war effort. Maybe more. If he's doing a 10% stock bump in war bonds, that's so many more bullets and tanks and equipment to save lives and medical supplies. And I know that he's a superhero and later he, like, single-handedly saves the war. But, like, in my head, as a soldier, I'm like... One dude doesn't matter. The idea of an army of one is dumb, and it was a bad slogan. We've done away with it. Yeah, you win working together. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, I, I don't know. I kind of wish that I don't love the idea that like it was dismissed that he was actually helping. That he was. Yeah, yeah. That 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 the movie frames him as a propaganda tool as a bad thing. Yeah, and also that it, I mean, I, Tommy Lee Jones is basically like, theaters is effeminate. It's for sissies. It's for sissies. You're a chorus girl. Yeah. Get out of here, chorus girl. There was a lot of anti-women language throughout the whole movie. There was, yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Even at one point, the British agent called, like, when she was training the men, she was like, come on, ladies. And it's like, you're a lady. That is, <laughs> that is so Deeply ingrained yeah, in man. military culture. I know. I, I, that's why I it's accurate. Pass. It's wrong, but yeah. it's accurate. That is. I mean, don't don't you don't you worry. In two thousand six, when I was in basic training, yeah. we were sissies and ladies <laughs> and, and little girls because I was in an all male basic training, really? so we got the yeah the misogyny. Yeah. It was there, baby. I mean, so he you know. he's doing all the montage. They sing a wonderful star spank because he has another song, Captain America and His Mighty Shield. Uh, he has how a, we, he, there's a song about his mighty shield and how people refuse to yield to his mighty shield oh and it's God. bad That's... so I like and he was called the star spangled man in the comics so this is all like it's it a tribute just great it's, it's a tribute, tribute. It's a tribute. Um, he goes overseas and yeah. he's doing his routine mm. and it's like that smash cut from cheering crowds to just angry yeah. World War II soldiers yeah. yeah that shot that was great with them sitting on the tanks, and I was like, there it is. That's a World War II shot, baby. Dude, I, well, it, I really related. So it cuts to him performing for the troops, and the troops don't like it. And I related to that as a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> He's just having a bad set. Because it's like 200 guys who fucking hate your guts, but have to watch this. And he's so earnest. He's like, yeah. come on, guys. We're all in the same fight. And they're like, bring back the girls! Yeah! Oh, my God. And I love where he goes, I think they only know the one song, but I, I'll see what like, I can do. Uh, and then someone just stands up and throws a tomato at him. Oh. And Hodges is there. And he goes, yeah. nice boots, Tinkerbell. Yeah, Tinkerbell. Yeah, yeah. And I had to look up if Tinkerbell was around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Haley Atwell reappears. And yeah. she's like... She's also very dismissive of hey, everything he's been doing. A propaganda tool. A propaganda tool. And she's like, you could be doing so much more. Yeah. Basically being like, why don't you single-handedly... Oh, because they're on... First of all, uh, one thing that I... One of my criticisms of the film is it is a World War II movie, but it uses it only as a setting. Because I had to figure out, oh, they're in northern Italy. Fair. Be- because I, they were like, I was like, what the fuck? And like looking, at, maybe I'm too much of a World War II nerd. But they cut to Europe and I was like, well, chronologically, if it was just 1942, U.S. troops didn't invade France till 1944. So I had to go and be like, oh, they're in Italy. 
And then they were. So the Normandy was in nineteen forty four. Yeah, we invaded. So Wait, we what? invaded Sicily. All right. July nineteen forty three, and then like two months later, we invaded the Italian mainland. It's remarkable how many war movies and World War II documentaries I have poured over, and I still... And you don't... I can't... It, dude, well, I'm telling you. To be fair, I do have brain damage from fighting well, in a war, yeah. so... Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I don't... Sometimes... <laughs> though I, I think anyone listening is like, well, he remembers everything about Captain America. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> you, were, you were on a 12-hour diatribe about Transformers last week. I have a very selective... Yeah, we, so I, I had good years. I had to figure out that they were in Italy. Um, the British agent—I keep forgetting her name. Uh, it is Agent Carter. Agent Carter. Peggy Carter is like, look, we're in, we're on the front. Some of these guys got captured. His unit, his dad's unit, the one hundred seven. Yeah, the one Bucky is in. Yes. He's like, is Bucky okay? He runs to Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy and, Lee Jones is one of my favorite lines where he says to Haley Atwell you and I are going to have a conversation you won't enjoy later and yeah. I was just like such a military yeah, line yeah yeah, yeah I have yeah, been yeah. told that I did not enjoy that conversation yeah dude and I I love he is so dismissive oh yeah of, of Cap yeah. and he's just like yep. he's my friend dead and he's like ugh yes a lot of people's friends are dead okay and um and Cap decides in that moment that he's gonna Save and Bucky. and he's like you've got somewhere to be and he's like yes I do yeah and and that is the first time in like forty minutes that Cap has had agency yes yeah because and I like that because basically and I don't know if this was intended but Cap has agency until he joins the military and then they take away his agency yeah and I was like well that's that, that happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's and then like later he decides, and I was like, that is such an interesting thing. I oh, wonder yeah. if that's like a comment intended, on, on intended. I on, think like, so. A but then he breaks ranks, which is very not what a soldier would do. I mean, yeah. if, if he wasn't Captain America, so like the Hurt Locker, yeah, I loathe the at the back half of Hurt Locker because he single handedly oh, leaves yeah, the yeah. base, and I'm yeah. like, well, that doesn't that's that not doesn't how things happen. work, yeah, and so him. Uh, him going a lone gunman into enemy territory is it, taking America's premier weapons manufacturer. Yeah, <laughs> Howard Stark. It, Howard Stark. That's like it's like, hey, this guy that's design is the only thing keeping us yeah, afloat yeah. technologically. Yeah, we're gonna have him. We're gonna fly him into the bat. That's a boy cap. You were putting a lot yeah. of people. But we're not concentrating on that because yeah. maybe they're gonna have fondue later. Yeah, and, like, yeah. There's this. Okay, so. Captain America, Carter, uh, Cap's like, he's, he says, hey, Howard Stark, can you drop me at this enemy base? I think Carter is the one who's like, I have a hookup. Yeah, yeah. I'll fly you in. And uh, they're flying. It's at night. Howard Stark makes some weird comment about, hey, remember that time we got fondue? Well, he says, let's stop and, on the way back, let's stop and get fondue. In, like, Belgium or something. Yeah. And then Captain gets all butthurt. He's like, oh, you guys eat fondue? And it's like... Yeah, bro. Like, come on. Remember you're five foot two? <laughs> like, come on. But it's it's just it's weird. It's very weird, and it's like, what? You, you, you didn't like it? No, I th- I thought it was very relatable because he had never he had been this nerd for so long who had no idea how women work. And I mean, work. I just enjoy their relationship. So maybe I'm giving it a huge pass because I just love Cap and Peggy. And, oh and yeah, the, and the. But it's 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 funny how. 
I, I found it relatable that he got mad at this girl who he wasn't, who had no a, commitment to him. <laughs> I don't think he got mad. I think he was hurt. Hurt. Like, oh yeah. no. Like, I also like that he's flying into Nazi territory and all he cares he's about. He's like, oh, you won't go he to the dance? He's not like, oh, I gotta jump out of this plane. Yeah, and, and like die. At no point is he, at, combat means nothing, nothing to, to him. him. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's. Yeah, the only things that freak him out are like public speaking and talking women. to women. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's so true. Which is also very relatable. To yeah, me. yeah, yeah. It's like I find talking to women much more intimidating oh in combat. God. It's it's brutal. I, I, <laughs> I would say that I've gotten into combat more times than I have blindly approached a person. Oh, yeah. So he jumps out. Uh, it gets to the base. He's running around. It introduces. Um, so some of the prisoners are. Uh, the Howling Commandos. The Howling Commandos, who were... Were they also created during World War II, or was that mm-hmm. in the 60s? Mm, I'm not sure on that one. It's I a, know that they are. They were always, like, Caps guys. Yeah. Dum Dum Dugan. Well, it was Nick one. Fury in the Howling Commandos, right? I, ooh. They might have been... I think the Howling Commandos are... Come back. Just like, it's like yeah. a team. It's, it's or like the sons there's, of... There's the guy with the derby hat who has... Dum Dum Dugan. Dum Dum Dugan. With a shotgun. Um, What's that actor? I don't know. He's never mind, but he's great. Um, oh, so uh, there was a really interesting scene where uh, the Howling Commandos are prisoners. Captain infiltrates. He frees them, and then uh, not Cap, but someone else approaches one of the Asian prisoners and is like, "Where are you from?" Yes. And he pulls out his tag and says, "Fresno." Fresno. We, uh, that's such an interesting scene because there's a black guy standing yeah, right next to yeah. him. And I'm like, well, while black people fought in World War II, yeah, they were yeah, in very yeah. segregated yeah, units yeah. And, and received a ton of discrimination when they got home after fighting for their country, which is wrong. <laughs> so I was like, interesting that you chose... And they kept having a black soldier with Cap yeah, in different scenes. Yeah, where yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. this seems progressive for now, but I don't know if they would have done this. Yeah. So it was interesting that there's a black guy standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the racism is instead directed at the to Asian, the Asian guy. And I was like, is it because we were at war with we were Japanese? At war with Japan. But it just felt like... It's just odd that they ignored one source of racism. Yeah. Well, it felt like the director was like, I'm going to take the very complex issue of American racism during World War II, and I'm just going to paint over it with this one line, and then everything's fixed. And, and his multicultural... Yeah. Multiracial, multi... It's like... And the way he his, says... I'm from Fresno. Like, like very annoyed. Yeah, like, come on. Which is fair. We did. Uh, don't get me wrong. Oh, a lot we, of Japanese I mean, Americans yeah, fought yeah. and received yeah. a ton of uh, stigma. We camps and shit. I mean, the soldiers. We had Japanese American yeah. soldiers, and I'm sure they faced. I mean, I know they faced a ton of discrimination. Yeah. But the movie doesn't do a good job. No, he just takes one. Because it also strip. ignores racism again. Like I said, like racism. Black people. So they're like, here is our yeah. one line. Yeah. 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 Which I get, but like it felt, I don't know. Do you know. think it would have been better just not to have it? Or I think so, to be honest. Because it's sort of like... Because yeah. like, look, we're in this hyper reality of a, a comic book movie taking place during World War II. Obviously, it's not sticking too much to the reality of the situation. So like, instead of like giving us this like token sort of exchange or answer, just like whatever don't even bother let's just move on let's see captain america fight people and mm. 
They well, did have this thing earlier when um, the scientist was like, does me being German bother you? But the movie was also so heavily invested in the European theater yeah. that I, I don't like when... The, like, when he was like, I'm from Fresno, I'm like, why are you being racist to the Asian yeah. guy? And then I was like, oh, fuck, right, Jap- Japan. But it wasn't part of, like, at no yeah. point was us being at war with Japan a part of the, I mean, because obviously it's happening, but. That's what I wanted to say during the propaganda scene is, it's all, he's punching Hitler. Yeah, it's, They're saying, let's beat the Germans. They do not address the war with Japan. Ever. Because the war with Japan had a lot of racial undertones that. I think people still don't want to reconcile with. Oh, sure. I mean, there's that racist Bugs Bunny cartoon. And there's like, there are huge, and the propaganda and all that. Like, there's a, there's, people love, when they talk about World War II, they love saying, we defeated Hitler, we defeated Hitler. But they don't like to talk about the war with Japan. Well, yeah, because we ended it with two nukes two on nuclear bombs. Cities. Which, by the way, the Red Skull's plan was, I'm going to drop a nuclear bomb on New York. <laughs> it was on everywhere. <laughs> on everywhere. But I, I was watching that. I was like, huh, isn't is that kind of we We did that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? But we'll get into that later. Problematic things. <laughs> um... So, oh, uh, where were we? So, oh, okay, while all this is happening, there's an important scene we skipped over where the Red Skull has some Nazi high officials sent from Hitler into his laboratory. Yes, and, and they're like, Hitler's tired of you. Yeah, yeah. You haven't done enough for Hitler. And yeah, and, and the Red Skull is basically like, you know what? Fuck Hitler. And he uses... <laughs> right? And he uses a laser to kill two high-ranking Three. Nazis. Three. And then he has the rest of everyone in attendance swear loyalty to him. Mm-hmm. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. Here's... Th- I didn't like that. because Because this is why. Why the fuck... You're, so you... take The movie takes place in World War II. You have the perfect villain. Nazis. And you're like... We're gonna we're gonna make a different organization. Why? Why? Well, comics, Com- and right. I get that. I get having World War Two be the backdrop, but don't you think having? I mean, like, and he does sock Hitler a bunch in the comic, in the in the, yeah. in the in the like the play aspect. But I, I don't think you could have the movie end with like Captain America facing off against Hitler. No, that no, would no. be too but much. But here's the thing is... And it's also like too much reality, I think. It's like you kind of want to be like, yeah, Nazis, remember? But I, then you want to kind of shift to like, but let's not do the Heil Hitler. Yeah. Let's not do the Zieg Heil. And let's not show a bunch of swastikas because it it is so it, I, loaded and yeah. upsetting for Jewish yeah. audiences. And also like... For anyone, really. Well, of course. But like... I can see Stan Lee being like, I want to, I don't remember when he, I, I, I don't know if, I'm assuming he created Hydra, but I understand being like, it's like Star Wars. Obviously, the Empire are Nazis. Right. So, you can use all the Nazi imagery, just don't, like, even their little Zig Heil is like, both fists in the air, and I, like, I just, where they cross their arms and then they do a fist thing. My, my thing was, like, in that scene where he kills, the Red Skull kills those Nazis, I was like, cool, like. Oh yeah, good. I was because <laughs> I actually wrote that down. I was like, because this is the first time I think we see someone get exploded. 
with oh, the yeah. blue laser beam, which reminded me of Bumblebee, Bumblebee and the goo. But this time I was like, I don't, I don't care. You're not. Really? I don't care if Nazis explode. Like that was where I was like, this isn't upsetting to me. Right. Fuck Nazis. Right. But I, I just thought it was funny because, like, especially in a war movie where it's like you have death, but it's sort of whitewashed. There's no blood. There's no guts. It's just like well, there's blood earlier. And the gun violence yeah, is a yeah. little more visceral earlier, and then it seems to get more comic booky. Yeah. And now we've got like, okay, now we can violently kill people because we have the blue laser beam. Yeah, death, yeah, yeah. And that seems to be fine. Yeah. It's it's okay for someone to scream, "Oh God, no, no, please no!" and yeah. then explode. Blood. Yeah. If it's blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seems to be what I'm learning about the MPAA. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of a lot of this movie. This also positions Red Skull as like. Does it position him as a worse bad guy than Hitler? It made me like him because yeah. I was like, all right, like, well, he just wants to be more evil because Hitler's like, I want Germany because it's the same. He's like, I'm even more pure than Aryans because I'm even I'm better than all of humanity. Is Red Skull's uh, yeah. whole deal? But I don't I don't know, man. Like. You know, well, yeah. I know there's a very fine line for a Marvel movie meant for a mostly teenage audience, but the fact that like he killed a bunch of Nazis who probably like put in some serious effort into the Holocaust, and the fact that he was like sort of working to undermine the Nazi regime the whole time, I was yeah, kind of like, but then he's gonna blow up the entire world. Yeah, so it's like. But at least he's not going to do it racistly. <laughs> right? <laughs> he is just going to kill yeah. everybody. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't care what religion you are or whatever. We're all going to die. I'm not sure. The genocide <laughs> greater than sign. Yeah, yeah. Genocide plus racism. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I know. I'm not. I know. I just, I just thought like... I do think that it is, it's, it was, I noticed that when I was watching it, I'm yeah. like, huh, everybody's against the Nazis. Yeah. Even, even the even Nazis, Nazis are against even the our, Nazis. Because they also, he replaces, and I was, because I was looking for the swastikas, because I was like, I don't think Disney wants to put these on screen. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because the guy is wearing a red armband, and it is never yeah. in frame. The yeah. white circle is a little bit, and I, I could, I, I was going like frame by frame, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, do they ever let him turn his, sh-? and no, they shoot yeah. him from the left side. And I was like, that is yeah, deliberate, yep. and I get why. And his little hat, he had his, the, the um, Storm Eagle, or whatever it's called. Gets replaced. The swastika gets replaced with the, with the Hydra the octopus, octopus yeah. squid thingy. And there's even a moment where the Nazis are walking through the base and they see the flag and he kind of looks at it to be mm-hmm. like, "Well, that's not the Nazi flag." Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's all. I don't know. That said something, but I, I think a lot of it is just Disney being unwilling to have Nazis. I just feel like because uh, especially a lot of Cap stories, like pretty. It's at least based in the reality of the American experience during World War II. Like, it, you know, it's March 1942. He's trying to join. Uh, they give him a, like a 4F. You know, he's, it, that's like kind of, that's kind of based in a reality of what the American home front was. But then this stuff over here is like, no, 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 no. This is like wizard, laser, like flying, it, you know? I, 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 as the movie progressed, and again, I've seen this movie 
a lot. Yeah. I got less and less in, interested in like the, the shoot 'em up yeah, lasers, yeah. and I was like, I'm much more interested in watching in the character, the character, and yeah. him deal in World War Two, and and like yeah. them confronting him. Yeah. Uh, so, I felt the same way because after because so, we're about to go into the montage the which montage, you talked about earlier. Although which, I will say, Stanley appears and I. Oh yeah, he had a great line. Was so sad. I miss him yeah. terribly. Rip, rest in power. He, um, I, I met, I met him sort of. We, I was at a comic con right after I got back from Afghanistan, 2011. So this movie hadn't. It was about to come out. Wow. And I was at the convention. I was dressed as Superboy, so not a Marvel <laughs> character, but <laughs> How I'm with you? my friend and. Uh, he gets bumped and he kind of jostles and he looks and he goes, oh, that old dude just bumped into me. And I turned and I'm like, that is Stanley. Wow. You did, he didn't even know who he was. And I was like, that is not, that was within, wow. I was like, if I had just, I would have been bumped by Stanley. Dude. So that, you know, there's, there's my anecdote. Damn. So montage. So, so after the cap rescues the Howling Commandos. Right. So he rescues, he finds Bucky. He finds Bucky. There's a, oh, there's a line, he, and we see Red Skull's face. Yeah, the there's Red like Skull a, um, pulls his face. A very campy scene where they're on like a, a bridge, and yeah. the bridge gets pulled apart, and yeah. um, they're like fight. He like punches him. It's very, um, they're realizing they both have the same, same powers. Power, oh look, yeah, the Red yeah, Skull is yeah, the opposite yeah. of Captain America. Yeah. How, how poignant yeah. for the story. And, and then he takes off his face, and Bucky goes, "You don't have one of those, do you?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Yay! What a fun line. That was great. He looks good. I like the prosthetic. Yeah. I it, think Hugo, Hugo I like the I like Hugo waving taking off his own real face. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To his prosthetic yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like rips and there's like a chunk on the back he rips off. Oh, was, yeah. I was like, mm, this is a good shot. Yeah. This is a good visceral. He Hugo Weaving was good. I just don't think the Red Skull was really given enough. The, yeah, I agree. He he's like He's just evil. A little bit is like, oh, like, we got injected with this serum, we're beyond humanity now. But he only mentions it in passing a couple of times. Well, his whole ideology, later in the Marvel movies, they obviously, Thanos and stuff, they yeah. try to make him, a, a, while he's wrong. He's wrong. <laughs> I want everyone to understand that. We'll probably cover it at some point, but that's a stupid argument. This idea that maybe we should kill half the people. That's dumb. Oh, you're talking about Thanos. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the idea was that he's relatable, sort of. Like, you kind of... He's... In yeah. Infinity War, he's the protagonist, even though he's wrong. He has a... He has an ideology, and you can... A defined ideology. Yeah. Well, and you disagree with it, but it makes sense internally yeah. to him, at least. And Hugo Weaving's uh, Red Skull is sort of just... I'm evil. evil. I'm evil. I want Keep power, evil. power, yeah. power, power. Yeah. Um... I don't think they really even go into why. Yeah. He's just like, I want power, for power's sake. Yeah. Which is... Okay. The, it is the opposite of Captain America, so ideologically they are very at odds because Cap is selflessness yeah. personified and he's selfishness. But but there's no at no point are you like, oh, this is why this is what motivates the Red Skull. This is why you're just like, okay, he's he's a bad guy. And he's like he doesn't even he doesn't even do anything like grotesquely evil. I mean he has that plan. To drop those bombs, but you never see him, like, shoot an innocent person or anything. And he treats his assistant very well. <laughs> Modoc. Oh, he does kill <laughs> He does kill a soldier who's, like, the last one. And he's like, they wiped us out to the last man. And he's like, evidently not. And he shoots uh, him. Oh, yeah. Which is to be like, look how evil he yeah. is. 
Whatever. It's one of those <laughs> things, and it's a problem, even I've done it pretty much this whole podcast, is I'm like, yay, Nazis, pretty ambiguously the bad guys. Yeah. But they're also like, kids, like yeah. a lot of them are yeah. not evil. Yeah. A lot of them were just... So are um, you saying you're pro-Nazi? <laughs> I'm not pro-Nazi, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that the SS ant was much more cruel and evil yeah. than the they're, regular yeah, troops, yeah, yeah. a lot of whom were, just like the Russians... Yeah. Uh, under like, hey, if you don't, if you don't, do if you don't fight, we're gonna shoot you in the back. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, it's and there's no ambiguity in this. There's no like, yeah. War has different sides. It's it's America is right. Yep. Which you know, Hitler did a lot of evil. So I I wrote in my maybe like, it's not maybe we don't need that in this kids movie. I wrote in my like overall note. That the movie was based on you having certain assumptions about the war and just America in general. Because it wasn't like, at no point was it like, this is why we're fighting. It was just like, yeah, we're the oh, good guys. Oh, that's true. We're the good guys. We Period. didn't even get into, yeah. they never, I, don't, I don't think they bring up the Holocaust. No, of course kind not. Kind of alluded in the, yeah. but it's not like, hey, we're doing this. Yeah. Although, we didn't actually go to war with Germany because of the Holocaust. No. We sort of found out about yeah. the Holocaust yeah. after the fact. Uh, but anyways, I want to get to this montage. Yeah, so, montage. I... He's I, having fun. He is having fun. I'm not. I... Because you, you just said it. You just said it five minutes ago. You found yourself getting more and more disinterested in the action Not scenes. this part. This really? part I liked because it was uh, quick. And there's a lot of really well done shots that reminded me of like Band of Brothers, like when when him and the Howling Commandos are moving through the snow fields, and and he knocks the guy out of the tree, and I was yeah. like, that reminds me of uh, what's it called? What's the place I'm thinking of where they got surrounded? Bastogne. Bastogne. This yeah. reminds me of Bastogne. And there was another one. He blows up a giant tank, and yeah. I'm like, that reminds me of Hitler's silly weaponry. Yeah. And I like that he's enjoying himself. Yeah, because he seems- he's about to have it for me because it's like war is is fun paradoxically fun like there is an excitement to winning and war is such a complicated thing it's like as you're doing it you're full of adrenaline and dopamine and like all this stuff and you're you and your boys are fighting and winning and you celebrate because you're not like i'm so sorry you're just like yeah let's go so he's Getting what he wants. The whole movie he's wanted to fight in World War II. Yeah. And now he is. He's leading his men. And he's winning. And it's not that long. This action yeah. scene. Later ones. Oh, yeah. Drag Later. for me. I just thought, like... The, the comic book movies that I tend to like are... Uh, like... Sm- not, the events are smaller in scope. Like, Spider-Man gets bit by a spider. Um, he becomes spider-man through an incident and then he takes on this one villain and like every time they fight maybe once or twice and the stakes feel very high right Mm -hmm. here it was like it was so ambiguous and it was like it just felt like there were no stakes it was just like ah yeah we're on motorbikes and blam and and i actually wrote down the same thing i don't think it's about him having stakes it's about him enjoying it really that's what i took away from it because literally right after this the montage ends with him losing his best friend bucky so it's this thing of like you got what you wanted 
you're fighting the war. Now here are the consequences. Yeah, but... Is how I interpreted it. By the time Bucky died, I just was like, eh, who cares? Like, because it, it, it... Because it didn't... It didn't... I, I don't know, something about... And I think I'm coming at this more from a screenwriting perspective than, like, a military or whatever. Just the fact that, like, you had just shown all this action in such a brief time and it essentially took place over several months or whatever that it's like you see this one mission and his his partner who never really got too much characterization outside of saving him at the movie theater dies and you're almost like oh was that supposed to mean something i don't know i disagree really Why? granted i bucky is so important to the mythos yeah and it's so much in the other movies but i think in this movie they set him up really well because he saves cap then he's got the thing with the girls and then they have a role replacement yeah, where Haley Atwell him. and him and you're flirting and and, yeah. and he's like i'm invisible i can't oh my and then he there's so many lines where he's like will you follow me yeah into war and he's like i'm not following captain america but i'll follow that kid from brooklyn and he's like for me he's it's cap's last thing from home yeah this is his almost not his humanity, but like sort of, yeah. Because it's like that's his childhood best friend, and mm-hmm. he's again as a soldier. You know, I lost my best friend not in, during the war, but after the fact, um, in an accident. But so like I know what it's like to lose someone suddenly, and it's world altering. And the scene where he lose so we're jumping a little ahead, but there's the montage and there's a train sequence. Bucky falls out of it uh, in, in this film, dies. Obviously he doesn't because he's in the rest of the yeah. Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's neither here nor there. In this movie, he's, he's essentially dead. And then there's that scene where Cap is sitting in a bombed out bar, oh, the yeah. same bar from that, earlier in the film. That was a good scene. And he can't get drunk. Yeah. And he's just sitting there. Oh my God. And he's drinking. And I was just like, oh my God, does this scene resonate yeah. in a million ways? Yeah. And it's so interesting that here is a man who gave up everything yeah. to fight. Now he's lost everything, and he can't even drink it away. Yeah. He has to sit with it. Yeah. Brutal. And he's trying. He's still just like, and he's just like, I can't get drunk. Dude. And it's just like dawning on him. Like, I I can't even have this moment of humanity because yeah. I'm a super soldier. Yeah. That was a, that was, that was a really, it was a good scene. Uh, but then, I don't know, like, that was really poignant, but then... Agent Carter says something to him and it convinces him to blah, 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 blah. And it's like you're going right back to action. And like at this point in the movie, like, like, I, you know, the action scenes are like, it was just really unclear what the Red Skull's plan was. It was unclear how Cap just like suddenly got over Bucky's death. I don't think he got over Bucky. I yeah. think he just... But to get... It seemed... Well, I think it's solidified into anger and purpose, which is yeah. a very soldiery thing where you lose your buddy and you're like, well, I don't have time to grieve. To grieve, But what yeah. I can do is harden this into yeah. rage. Yeah. But he's still... He's like, I'm not going to stop until every single one of them is dead. Yeah. And then he pauses for a second and goes, or captured. Yeah. And I was like, even in his rage! Yeah. Even... I just lost my best friend. Yeah. Cap is like, you know, or or, or, or captured. captured. You know, we're by the book around here. Um, and then 
Okay, wait, wait, wait. What, what happens after that? Then they go to the, the, the movie starts to wind down. Oh, the motorbike sequence. Yeah. Which was basically Return of the Jedi. Sure was. And then there's that... <laughs> I, I had to rewatch because when he pulls the... He fights, he kills like a bunch of guys on motorcycles with gadgets. Which is... So... I don't know what that's saying. Because the whole movie... Cap is like getting by on his wits and his and then his strength, and now here's like and here's a clever motorbike with <laughs> where like it kept cutting to the scene of like it a was thumb hitting buttons, or I was like, it is this the Mach Five from uh, what's the what's the Speed Racer where oh, he hits the buttons? Really? You know, remember because he's got like the oil slick or whatever. I'm like, this is very Speed Racer. It was weird, and then the motorbike scene ends. Oh, <laughs> that's when he does the grenade thing. He pulls a pin. Oh, yeah. And he kind of waves it at them, which I thought was odd. And then they look at each other <laughs> yeah. like, huh? yeah, and then they both yeah. explode. Yeah, yeah. And then it almost looks like he grins. And I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't think he did. But there's like a shot of his face, and he makes like an yeah. unambiguous face. And yeah. I was like, what is that supposed to? And then uh, you know. And then so he falls off his bike. <laughs> he gets surrounded by Hydra. Well, no, the bike shoots into the base and explodes. Yeah. And then he gets surrounded. And they're surrounded by Hydra. And they decide to capture him uh-huh. and not kill him, which is like, what the fuck? Well, the villain needs to monologue. They bring him. Uh, they bring him to the Red Skull, and the Red. I, I don't know. This is, I. I really started to disengage, but I was like still trying to pay attention. I actually did too. Yeah. Around the this Red point. Skull is like, I'm gonna drop bombs on all these cities. Mm-hmm. Caps like, you're a madman. Uh, the Red he does his line again. Yeah. So the the Howling Commandos show up. They show and, up, and there's a big there's a big fight. And Tommy Lee Jones is in a jeep. With uh, there's the whole factory is just action. I don't think there's yeah really any character beats. Haley Atwell shoots a flamethrower. The only people that seem to pose a threat to Captain America is someone with a flamethrower. Oh yeah, they had these. So uh, a lot of the Hydra. Um, Hydra people reminded me of uh, Wolfenstein type. Where oh, it's yeah. like like giant Frankenstein Nazi flamethrower yeah. laser the which Ubermensch. yeah which I thought was cool uh yeah someone gets blown up with a flame oh yeah and all the hallways they're oh yeah when in. she shoots at me explodes and I wrote yeah. uh just like it happens in real life yeah because it's such a danger it's you literally it really? it's a backpack full of napalm if uh, it takes a stray round you explode into uh, a fireball that yeah when they because they used them to storm Normandy in a bunch yeah. during the war and it was basically like, don't be near the flamethrower guy yeah. because he is going to explode at some point. Yeah. Well, that was in, in Saving Private Ryan. Yep. Uh, Tom scene. Hanks is looking up and like he sees them. Yep. Pretty uh, accurate. Yeah. Horrifying. Ab- yeah. Terrible. Terrible. A idea. lot of people burn to death in this movie. Yeah. And we quickly cut. But away. it's just. Um. So Tom Lee Jones shows up in a jeep. Red Skull. Uh. Captain gets in. Um, they're, uh, chasing this plane, which kind of looks like the X-Men's Blackbird. Sure does. Uh. There's a, the longest runway. Oh, yeah. And I think there was a James Bond movie that also had, like, a mountain runway Gold that was too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're in the, they get into the Nazi-mobile, it's Tommy Lee Jones, Captain America, and, and Haley Atwell, yeah, and they're yeah. speeding after the plane, and then he's, like, about to jump on it, and she's like, hold on! And then he gives him oh, a yeah. kiss. Oh, yeah. And she's like, is that when they set up the date? She's like, Meep. no, they they later, I think. Um, and what? she's like, we'll come back. And yeah. she, or she she's like, come back to me or whatever. And then Tommy, he like looks at Tommy, I'm not going to give you a kiss. Yeah, I'm not going to give you a kiss because I'm not gay. Because <laughs> I'm an army man. Army, army. <laughs> and then uh, 
And then Cap jumps into the plane, plane. and there is just just a really long action sequence where yeah. he's just fighting goons and he's on a smaller yeah. plane and, and I that yeah. smaller plane annoys me because why? here's why. There's more than one of them, right? There's a bunch of these little planes. And at the end of the movie, he's like, there's nothing I got to do. I got to put it in the water. And I'm like, why don't you take one of the little planes? And that, that's been a... They're even like... There's a deleted scene in Endgame where um, uh, Don Cheadle, War Machine, is like, why didn't you just take one of the smaller planes? Oh, and really? they cut it. They didn't use it because uh. it was like, what a stoop. Why did you do this, you <laughs> dum-dum? But whatever. They needed him to sacrifice himself so he could be in the Avengers. So he fights some guys. He punch, gets, punch, punch. gets rid of the bombs. He, couldn't he didn't get rid of the bombs because the rest of the planes have them. That's why he has to crash uh, the plane. But it sets up. This is a plane full of bombs. Yeah. He confronts the Red Skull. The Red Skull's like, dude, we're both better than everyone. But he's like, we're not better than everyone. That then- scene was... <laughs> I kind of was reminded of the throne room scene from Return of the Jedi. Really? Because of just the aesthetic. The way it looked, yeah. And I was I watched it twice because I kind of was like, did when I first watched it, I I, I guess I was tired because I was like, does Cap need to be here? Because it seems like the Red Skull hurt, like, just what do you falls. Mean? Like, they're fighting. Oh, yeah. But at no point does Cap incapacitate yeah. the Red Skull. I don't he even... just gets thrown into... like So, the you know, the Red Skull attacks him mm-hmm. and then Cap, like, fights back and the Red Skull falls into the... 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 the, the uh, oh my gosh, the word... the joystick of the uh... plane and it starts to go down and then they fight a little more and he falls into the Tesseract and it gets un... like, uh... it gets unseated and he's like, what have you done? And I'm like, he didn't do that on purpose. Yeah. And there's no... From a, a screenwriting perspective, the protagonist doesn't, like, overcome something. Like, Luke had to overcome the dark side yeah, to fight yeah. the Emperor. Cap is, has, there's no, he has nothing that he needs to learn or do. Yeah. And, like, I mean, the whole movie is basically, like, here is a unstoppable force of nature that other people are gonna riff off of. Yeah. But, like, at no point are you, like... I don't know if Cap can do this. You're like, of course he can. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to. Well, that's what it's I was... It's just, will someone be able to stop him? That's what I was saying was... And the answer is no. The, the, the gravity, basically, from the start of the montage to the end of the movie, the weight of every situation just... It just wasn't there. I mean, there was the... the except the one scene where he's trying to get drunk and he can't. But, like, yeah, that final fight, you're not like... You're just like, all right, get over, get this over with, because I know every comic book movie needs this. It's interesting. They didn't even really have like a big punchy punch fight. No, they just they tussle for like a minute, and then the Red Skull gets teleported away. Although it looks like he dies, yes. he sort of shows up later. Yeah, and and then, but I don't. I guess that's not really what the scene is about, which is weird because he's your antagonist. Yeah, it's more about like, and now Cap's going to sacrifice himself. Yeah, and I love that scene. I think that's really poignant. I I was I was debating. I'm like, does he have agency in this scene? I know he says this is my choice, but it's like, is it? You always do this. You jumped on that grenade earlier yeah. in the film. It's not like he didn't jump then, but he did jump now because Cap, because Cap has no character arc. Yeah, ever. It's and he's not supposed to. Well, which is did, tough from a screenwriting have, perspective. He had an arc where he went from a scrawny kid to Cap. But internally. And then he was propaganda, but then he proved he could fight. And that's that's more like just the world doesn't believe him. Yeah. And the world needs to... It's an arc. Is it? 
Does he, is he, I think he's the same character at the beginning as he is at the end. Just more sad. I think he believes in himself a little more. I believed in himself in the beginning. He took on that bully and he just kept fighting and he's been beat up in every alley in New York. The man doesn't back down. That's true. And I'm not, this is not a knock. I think that's what makes him an interesting character. The movie isn't about, can Captain America become Captain America? It's, can the world accept him? Accept him. Yeah. Um, well, and then, so, if you look at it this way, it's like, he had two choices. He either, like, crashes the plane and sacrifices himself, or he's just a dick who lets, like, ten million right. people die, so, so that's he why doesn't I was really like, have a choice. I was like, I don't feel like he does. No. It's basically like, well, <laughs> I could live in a nuclear apocalypse with my girlfriend. Yeah. Or I could die. Die. But, and then, and look... It, it, it really, the weight of his sacrifice is really not there because you're like, I know he's going to be found in the ice. Like, because they started the movie like that. So there's, it's like you don't care. I care because but it's you're not about, nerd. it's not about him living. It's that this is, okay, so this is a part that I really, uh, let's, let's, we're at basically the end. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to put a pin in that and talk about how that made me feel. So he crashes. I love this scene. Tommy Lee Jones has a beautiful acting moment in the back where he realizes Cap's going to do it before he even says, and he just gets everybody out of the room. Yeah. And he's like, get out. And then Haley Atwell has her like, please don't kill yourself. Yeah. But I get it. And they're like, we're going to have that dance. And oh, she's like, yeah, yeah. But I don't know how to dance. I'm like, is this still sex? Yeah, dude. It, it, but I don't know how to dance. Don't worry, I'll show you. I might step on your feet. And I'm like, is it still it gets it gets so, a little ridiculous because it's, it's like so sweet. this guy's about to die and he's it's talking about so stepping sweet. on people's feet. Oh my god, I'm, I'm sobbing. I'm, <laughs> oh I've seen the movie twelve times. <laughs> Just sobbing. I was also sobbing because Chadwick Boseman died last night. Well, I mean, movie. rest in power. But, rest in power. <laughs> uh, but like he, he's giving up everything, knowing this. Like he wants. Like she's the one selfish thing that he's wanted. Yeah, I think. And he's giving up a life to save everyone. It's very heroic. Then he wakes up. Oh, uh, they win the war. A montage of winning the oh, war. Oh, we won? Yeah. I couldn't tell if him crashing immediately won the war oh, or if yeah. they just jumped to the end of the war. I'm like, did Cap? And then there's a scene where like a little kid with a, with a shield. Yeah. Or a trash can shield. And I... Let's talk about that later. Um, and then it's the future. He wakes up. It's disorienting. He immediately knows he's not in the right place. He's like, the baseball game you have on the radio, I was there. He bursts out. He makes it into Manhattan. Times Times Square. Square. Why? Why? Why would they put him in Times Square? Because it's like the most modern place in the world. No, no. I mean, like, why wouldn't... I know why for the movie, but why would you... (sighs) Who knows? I live... We live in New York. Yeah. yeah. It's loud. It's the worst. It's It's loud through the walls. Why would you put him there? Anyway, doesn't matter. Great shot. He's like, oh my god! And Nick Fury comes out and he's like, "You've been asleep for a long time, soldier." Yeah. And he's like, he's, "And he's like, you all right?" And I love that Cap goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna be okay." Like immediately, like, yeah, yeah, I'll be okay. And he goes, "You all right?" And he's like, I, "I had a date." And then the movie ends. Yeah. And what an ending. Yeah. What what a line to end on. What an emotion to end on in like a triumphant comic book movie. That's what I want to talk about because I. Yeah, that was a movie. Now we're gonna get into themes. Movie, I mean, yeah. we've basically been talking about the themes the whole time, yeah. but we're gonna dig in real hard. Yeah, that for me was what PTSD is like. He 
goes to war, he wants war, he fights war, he loses, he loses everything, and then he comes home to a world he does not recognize, mm. it's foreign, it's scary, he reacts violently, and then it ends on this note of like, I'm never gonna be happy again. Ooh. Is is Or if he is, it's gonna take a long time, because he's just lost... 70 years means everyone he knows is dead... The world as he knew it is dead, and is and the woman he loves is probably gone. That's a that's a deep reading. That's a very deep reading because to me, it. I'll be honest. That's also, by the way, the themes of later. So I am, yeah. I'm not. I didn't all the way come. Yes, yeah. I like. You know, the ending felt a little melodramatic, mm. but I didn't look at it from that perspective. I think if that was an intention, well, I don't think it was intentional. You don't I think, think they needed Captain America to be in the Avengers. Yeah. And even in the comics, Captain America was a character from the 1940s, and then they yeah. stopped writing about him until, yeah. like, the, the Avengers. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. unfroze him from ice yeah. to put him in the Avengers. Yeah. Well, I... It was not his original character arc. I, one, of my, one of my criticisms was this, this movie... Um, it... You know, we talked about how it was one of the first Marvel movies where they're building this universe. Mm -hmm. At least overtly. And um, because of that, it felt pretty, like, inconsequential. Like, it it wasn't so much like, oh, he must defeat the Red Skull to save the world. It was like, he needs to defeat the Red Skull so he could get frozen in ice, so he could get unfrozen 70 years from now, so he can join the Avengers in the next movie coming out next summer. Sure. So, like... There's no, there's like, and, and a lot of it felt like, especially that middle to later part was just like, okay, we're just doing this because we have to do this and blah, 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 blah. I agree with you, yeah. but I still think that they built this incredible, uh, not homage, but uh, facsimile of the experience, yeah. at least my experience in going to war. The one thing I wish that I had was there's never a scene where he reflects on war mm -hmm. and, I, and, and, and tells someone else. Like, okay, so I had this uh, revelation when I was on Mushrooms. <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> okay. Uh, that my... That soldiers are this... When I, wanted to, when I joined the military, I really, really, really wanted to get into combat. It wasn't enough to go overseas. It wasn't enough to just be in the military. I needed combat. I needed visceral. I needed to do my job. It it's come it comes up a lot for me in therapy because I was a combat medic. So me wanting to do my job is counterproductive because it means I'm sort of hoping that people Someone get hurt. Gets, yeah. Which is a paramedic. As a paramedic, that's like a pretty common thing mm -hmm. because you're trained to do this thing and you want to fulfill your task, but your task requires your friends to get hurt or be yeah. killed. So it's it's confusing. Yes. And I had this deep, inborn desire to go to war. And everyone who'd been and was my mentor would be like, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. You think you do. And I know you feel that way. Because I felt that way. But you don't want this. And when you get it, you're going to regret it. And I was like, you're wrong. And then I got it. And I regretted it. Yeah. And I turned right around. Yeah. And I looked at the guy behind me. And I was like, I know you want this. Yeah. But you don't. And in my mushroom trip, I, I saw an unbroken line of soldiers extending yeah. back to the beginning of time yep. of just, I want it! No, you don't. And yeah. then you become yeah. 
you become that person. That. You become that. And I, I kind of wish there was a moment. It's hard because Cap loves war so unambiguously. Yeah. And I wish there was a mo- maybe there is later that I'm not remembering where he like looks at a soldier and is like, I know you want this, mm-hmm. but it's going to take everything from you. It took everything from me. And I that moment where he's standing there in Times Square and he's alive, but nobody else is, is like the the PTSD. There's this thing called um, the survivor's guilt, where you make it, but your friends don't, and it's worse because you're like, well, what what did I do? Yeah. And he's already this paragon of like, I don't deserve these powers. There's nothing special about me, and now he's the only one. Yeah. Literally. A yeah. man out of time. And that's what it felt like to come home from war. Because no one... Granted, my war was very different from World War II. World War II, everybody went away. The country was completely different. And then all those soldiers came back. Yeah. More or less around the same time. Yeah. In Afghanistan, it's soldiers go piecemeal. They come back piecemeal. So that America doesn't really feel like there's a mass exodus and a mass return. So when I came home, no one cared. No one noticed. No one was like, oh my god, you've been to war. That must have been crazy. They were like, I, it's been, I went in 2010... So the war had been going on for nine years. World War One or World War Two was like what five years long? Yeah. So I experienced that feeling of like coming home to an indifferent world. Yes. One that felt foreign. There, there's that scene when he wakes up and he's looking around and he slowly realizes it isn't real. The unreality of that scene when the woman comes in and she's lying to him. And he's like, where am I really? And her face kind of twitches. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, God. And there she's, yeah. she's so terrified of him. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Even though he has been this paragon of virtue. Yeah. For two hours, we see a woman terrified that he might hurt her. Yes. And that for me. Yeah. As a person who has been, like, I, I, I went into the war with good intentions and I came home and I've scared partners because of yeah. my... Anger and this, the, the, I'm trained to hurt people. I mean, granted, I was trained to hurt people and then trained to save them as yeah. a medic, which yeah. is also confusing. Yeah. But there, I do have the training and experience, and I've been in a fight for my life. And I think that radiates off a person. Mm-hmm. And it radiates off of Chris Evans. Yeah. To the point where even I was a little bit like, he could hurt her. Yeah. When he, out of fear. When he, that scene where he wakes up, he's listening to the baseball game. And he realizes it's not real. Even me, even knowing what hero this guy is, there's a brief second where you're like, "Oh man, he's gonna he's gonna hurt her." He's and gonna... then he does hurt people. Yeah, on his way out. Well, he like he bashes him. Yeah, Granted, he doesn't kill anyone because that would be a very weird end to yeah. A, a heroic movie. Yeah, yeah. But he he's it's just fear. Yeah. and and reaction. And I was like, that's it's it's this incredible. For me, at least, metaphor for PTSD mm-hmm. that I know I maybe somewhere somebody had this idea, but I'm like, they're just setting up the Avengers. They just yeah. need him yeah. to be alive in 2012 so that they can have a man out of time next to Iron Man and Thor. But in doing so, yeah. you've created for me this picture that puts into words this feeling I have. And that's so bizarre yeah. that it's unintentional, that it's workmanship. I mean, maybe not, though. Because it's not like they just haven't come back. They end on that horribly sad line. Yeah. No, I, I think it, it probably was, you know, maybe not intended specifically for PTSD, but it is a really good metaphor for returning home from combat. 
But the problem is, is I feel like that in itself is way more of an interesting movie than it's the start of a really interesting movie. And it's, it's instead the end of a separate movie. Well, that is more or less, I think, a lot of the themes of Winter Soldier. His second outing yeah. is now he's this man out of time. Yeah. He's dealing with, you know, everything. Yeah. And it's... This movie very much just sets up that character. Yeah. And I, I mean, they needed to do that. Mm-hmm. But that that's... <laughs> it's definitely, for me, the weakest of the three movies. But yeah. I still think it's an incredibly strong... I I thought the the basically the, from the start till that first mission was a really good strong move. But going to uh, how did you feel that um, the war or military was portrayed in this film? I mean, it's pretty unambiguously like war good soldier. Maybe not war good. Well. He wants war so bad. Okay, so there's a scene in the recruiter's office mm-hmm. where there's a guy reading a newspaper and he's like, wow, the death tolls are crazy. Yeah. Kind of makes you rethink enlisting. And Cap goes, nope. Yeah. Not even a thought. There's never... And his dad dies of mustard gas. Yes. So his Brutal. dad violently chokes to death on a battlefield that largely was unimpactful. Yeah. Like World War One is just a lot of death in one field for, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. So that to, to, to led to World War Two. Yeah. And it's a very reductionist take, but it's yeah. it's not yeah. a lot of there's not a lot of I don't want to say there's not heroism. a lot of heroism, but it's it's, it's not a, just a brutal, yeah. violent yeah. death churning yeah and he is elevating that and he's like my father is a hero and i want to be like him mm-hmm. i want to die like him and that is a very like that that rings true with me and it's he's like it's the right thing to do joining the army going to war fighting the nazis not to kill but to protect he ha- which is in line with his weapon is a shield yeah and a 1911a1 yeah but Mostly a shield. Well, one of the one of the most they're like, "Do you want to kill Nazis?" And he's like, "I don't want to kill anyone. Yeah, I just don't like bullies." Well, yeah, I was gonna say one of the motifs early on is I don't like bullies. I like to stand up to bullies. He fights the guy in the movie theater. Uh, blah 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 blah. They they use the word bully a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that is sort of like a mentality that the real world military? Uh, sort of utilizes because you see these commercials for like the navy and it'll be like a force for good oh of course our the idea of our military has always been a peacekeeping force yeah uh, of, uh, whether or not that's accurate although I'm I'm not one of the people that thinks that like war is unambiguously bad and that every war has been a mistake I think that I think that war is Inevitable, perhaps? Or, uh... I mean, it's literally been part of every facet of human history. The animal king... Animals go to war with one another. It's not a human... I know people want to be like, it's a human thing. It's like, then you are never paid attention to ants. Dude, that Planet Earth episode where the gorillas go to war with the chimpanzees. They're, like, it's not... Violence is not a human... Nature is, is, is violent. And it... 
nature in a way is always at war. Yeah. Because it's it's survival of the fittest. And I I don't want to also go too far into this idealized version of war because war is violence and death and torture and rape and bad. It's so but it's are we not going to stop Hitler? Yeah. Are we going to let uh you know evil people selfishness bullies are we going to let them do whatever they want because the alternative is violence i don't yeah i agree with, i mean i i'm a soldier i yeah. joined after 911 because i in some way thought i was doing the right thing i have a question i question a lot of like the validity of my war but i also know that i did good things the people i was with did good things. I don't know if that outweighs the millions. Yeah. It's so it's so complicated. Yeah. World War II, I think, is a little easier. Because, yeah. well, the whole world was at war. Yeah. What were we going to not? Yeah. There's a lot we did I don't agree with. Concentration camps in America of the Japanese. Yeah. Uh, the wit. But I think this, to get back to your original question and my meandering, war is complicated. <laughs> I think that the military is portrayed heroically, um, yet Hodges is an idiot. A lot of the soldiers are idiots. The Cap is is like the the one who gets shit. They couldn't get anything done until he arrives. So the military is kind of portrayed as like, eh, I. I think in... Thank God Cap's here. If This one man yeah. is... Which I get is like the point of a, a superhero movie, but they basically implied that the entire Allied forces were useless until one guy who was particularly strong and, a, yeah. and had a good heart arrived. I think, honestly, if you take a certain critical lens to this movie, I think you could take an anti-military meaning from it. Because both Cap and the Red Skull sort of shake off their ties to military organizations in order to reach their full potential. Oh, that's interesting. Because the Red Skull is like, no, I'm is like I'm not going to dig in the desert for Hitler. I know that there's this Norse ruin, so you could send these Nazis here, but bam, I'm going to fry him with a laser, right? And then Captain America's like uh, no, I'm not going to be your poster boy. I'm not going to dance with these girls. I'm going to fucking get airdropped into this base and show you what I can do. And in a way, I don't know if the filmmaker intended it or not, but both of these characters who are, they try to make them sort of like a yin and yang, sort of, you know, go out of their way to sort of, uh, usurp their own agency from these military organizations in order to reach their full potential. And then even like, even the way I feel like Captain America's whole story arc, because I know a little bit about Civil War, is he's just trying to be a good guy. And yeah. the government is like... Well, that is... Winter Soldier is basically... What do you do when a pure moral man meets the Patriot Act and, yeah, yeah. and unlimited uh, espionage and war and him violently rejecting that? Yeah. And then Civil War is all about him taking ownership yeah. of his own. Like He's like, we shouldn't have a government body to dictate yeah. what we do because 
well, remember the last movie, they were evil. Yeah. And the safest hands are our own. He, his whole thing is, I'm right. Yeah. That's the problem with Cap, in a way. Because he is right. Mm-hmm. Always. That's his character, because he's written that way. Yeah. He can't exist in yeah. the real world. But I don't... He's like the Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He... Well, I, I want to say the... Where was I going? Purity. Him. I think of Marvel movies, and I always have, as Greek theater. Mm-hmm. It's, it's for the masses. Yeah. It is these larger-than-life heroes that teach kids and people how that they should behave. And what... Like, here is Captain America. He is a good man. Be like Cap. Here is Thor. He's got too much ego, and he's 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 yeah. brash, and he has yeah. to learn humility. And yeah. you should learn humility, yeah. just like Oedipus, or yeah. maybe not Oedipus. Yeah. Whoever. What Oedipus? No, I don't. The guy who fucked his mom. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark is hubris, and and, yeah. and you know all these things. They're all they all have a tragic flaw. Yeah, which is interesting, except Cap. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Cap is, I think, the only one who doesn't really have a tragic. Maybe flaw. his, and that's what. Is his tragic flaw. Well, the tragic flaw is that he shouldn't exist. That he's too pure. Yeah. Because he he's such a sad character. Yeah. Everyone he loves is taken he's from dead, him. Yeah. Again and again yeah. and again. And he just takes it. Yeah. And he keeps doing the right thing. And he never wavers. And my dog's having a nightmare. <laughs> and um, it's like in the movies, it just gets... So, and he... Yeah. The sadness that Chris Evans portrays oh, yeah. of this man who is just, like, too pure for this world. Yeah. Well, there's there's an element of Cap just takes on the world's burden. He's sure. just... just Atlas. That would yeah, have been a yeah. good one. I will take... I just give me... You know, I will crash this plane into this iceberg... I will get beaten up in this alley. I will do it, and I, I won't even complain about it. That's like his whole... He never complains. No. and Which is very anti-soldier. Yeah. Because, boy, did we yeah. have a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I want to go back... So you just said that you think Marvel movies are like Greek theater. They're meant for masses and blah, blah, blah. Right? Yes. Because, like, if you remember... Like, people give a lot of gravitas to Greek theater, but... Uh, it was for dum dums. Yeah. It was hey, Rome is burning. Well, it's Roman theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was basically like, how do we keep the masses entertained yeah. and mildly educated? And and you know they had these huge shows and there was melodrama and super powered characters with larger than life abilities who were brought down low by their own hubris or their own tragic flaw. And then there were also a lot of comedy. There were satyr plays. There was um, comedic characters. I mean, go to Shakespeare, which isn't Greek theater, but I think is an yeah. offshoot. Because uh, also for the masses, it's been growing. You know, it goes Greek theater, Roman theater, whatever. And now we have these that are our... We've got melodrama. We've got action. To When people get bored, we've got these characters that have very strict moral structures yeah. that we see grow over multiple installments, just like Greek theater. And then we have goof characters, just yeah. big old goofballs that just yeah. kind of keep it moving, keep the comedy for the dum dums that are like, I don't really care about yeah. morals. I just yeah. want to see, I, oh, we punched someone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you bring those peeps along and maybe try to sneak a message in. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
I agree that this is like the popular medium of our time. It's highly influential. What my issue is when you take a, a, a film like this, a comic book movie, and you place it during World War II, you're obviously going to take certain liberties with it. Of course. Right? But the issue is young people are going to see this movie and maybe consciously know that wasn't what it was like. But enough of these movies come out that, like, it sort of creates the mythos which overpowers the actual history. This is this was my same issue with Inglorious Bastards because it's like, which I saw very drunk, so I don't really remember too much of it. But the problem with setting a fictional story during World War II, especially if it's seen by a huge audience, is... Enough of these movies come out that they start to paint the popular portrait of this time period, which is more popular than the actual history. So, like, there have been tons of, like, like sword and sorcery movies that came out, like, in the 60s and 70s. Oh, sure. That's still a big... I am Spartacus and blah, blah, blah. World War II also has, a like, a big horror market. Yeah. Horror set during World War II. And so... The problem is, is now when we think of like Roman or Greek times, we probably have images in our head of those popular movies that came out. Oh, sure. When in reality, it probably didn't look like that at all. Like the actual history was very different. Don't you think we have enough Band of Brothers, uh, war documentaries, enough? I do. We are losing the last of our veterans. Yeah. They're dying off. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is different because when I was younger, they were still alive. So yeah. you could, ask. if you had questions about World War II, you could just ask yeah. uh, or watch an interview. And I wonder what it's going to be like when the last of them are gone yeah. and we don't really remember. But, but, Civil War, you know, yeah. we have a pretty accurate, well, depending on how much of a moron you are. But if yeah, you, yeah. Like, well, that I mean, that's a great <sighs> example because... You I know, guess even now, saying Civil War, I've just realized, like, what a terrible... Maybe a terrible example, because half the country... Half the country believes, has this uh, idea... I mean, um, Birth of a Nation came out in 1910, one of the most popular films mm -hmm. of the silent film era. And for a generation of people, it painted that conflict in a certain light that still lasts to this day. Even though now we can objectively go back as two people from New York City and say, this is propaganda, there are still people in Georgia who are like, no, that's that's true. So I'm not... S that's interesting because also movies like Hurt Locker yeah. make people go, oh, I understand what Iraq is like. Yeah. And it's like, that is not what yeah. Iraq is like. Yeah. Well, th this is this is the but issue. But we also don't have a lot of movies about yeah. Afghanistan, but we have a lot about, of books and movies yeah. and TV shows about World War II. So I... I don't know. I, I'm not saying that this is a problem unique to this film. No. Because it's like there are there are way more earnestly made movies about World War II that uh, are like uh, way more ridiculous than this one. This one at least has the benefit of saying, yeah, it's a comic book movie. It's not going to be super realistic. But I do like, like I felt on that rehab field trip when I first saw this movie was... <laughs> I really thought it would be like a gritty, like Saving Private Ryan meets Spider-Man type thing where it's like pretty true, like at least an attempt made to stay in reality, to show 
to show some of that while having like also these like you know somewhat fantastical elements but this movie as a whole i felt like it just used it as a setting when convenient but then the rest of it was like we're gonna have laser flamethrowers and like you know spaceships and stuff and i i felt like as a whole there there was probably like a really good opportunity to make something pretty unique that i don't think the filmmakers capitalized on hmm but I say that as someone who is like nerdily obsessed with Whoa. <laughs> like I literally paused the movie when they showed the map and was like, oh yeah, they're in Northern Italy and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I get it, but yeah, I'm just, that was one of my um, quibbles with the film. Um, I think I'm probably more forgiving of the movie because... Captain America means a lot to me. Yeah. This idea of the perfect soldier, this idea of a man who fights for what's right and is never corrupted and is like having been in a firefight. And I'd use this uh, to be wildly personal. God, I hope people listen to this. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? I do EMDR and EMDR is a therapy that allows you to access memories and process them without being overwhelmed by them. It's a very difficult experience because I'm processing the emotions of war, uh, but it's it's necessary mm-hmm. because, you know, I've got this knot in my head of trauma and it needs to be undone or yeah. I'm going to be sad forever. So, yeah. where was I going with this? Uh, something about Cap. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. when I do EMDR, there's something called resourcing and you think you before you go into this dangerous, powerful memory, you bring along with you people that you care deeply about who represent a wise figure or a mentor or someone who's really strong or powerful. And a lot of the times I've chosen the idea of Captain America because the idea, I know he's not real. I get that. But the idea of a man that you would follow anywhere the idea that like you're in a firefight and then he appears and it's going to be okay is so powerful to me. Mm-hmm. This this always does the right thing. Because being a soldier is so tough because it has so much evil attached. Yeah. We did torture people. Soldiers throughout history have been uh, rape and pillage and war is not pretty and it is not clean. But here is a soldier who is. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't like him as a character before I went to war. I didn't really like him after the fact because I was like, ah, he's a fucking, he's strong as a shield. It's stupid. Those are stupid powers. And then I saw the movie and I was like, oh, this resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't, I remember when I saw this movie, I liked it fine, but I was younger and a little more like, I want more stuff and I want, I want Iron Man again. Yeah. And I was more excited about the Avengers, I think. Yeah. And at the time I'd been out of, I'd been home a year. So I was very fresh from the war, so I still hadn't unpacked any of it. But growing with him as a character, as I've gone through my, my PTSD journey over the last 10 years, I've watched him evolve as a character, or rather stay exactly the same, but the movies evolve around him. I mean, he's grown more world-weary and tired. And I you so identify yeah, with that yeah, yeah. and he just wants Peggy and he's just sad and I identify with that and he just keeps fighting and finding a new conflict and later there's so many lines 
that I know aren't in this movie, but like Ultron is just like, you need a war. What are you going to be without a war? And yeah. I'm like, oh God, that yeah. also resonates with me. Yeah. And he just represents to me like a Greek, like Hercules did to the Gr- Rome, Greek, whoever. Greek. Greek. Yeah. Heracles is Roman? Either way. Whatever. He represents to me who I wish I could be. Mm-hmm. And he's always a metric by which I can uh, measure myself against, but not in a, I'm not good enough, but like, I want to aspire. I want to be that. Yeah. If I could be anyone, I'd be him or Superman. I'd be, you know, yeah. I wish that I had that, that he does. I mean, I did, you know, I fought and all that, but. What what do you think this, this movie uh, says about like, like mythology in terms of, of war? Because like, you're saying that Captain... You know, no one can be like Captain, but he's like this, this thing you aspire to be, you know? And sure. And like, you know, I, I think even because you keep bringing up that, you know, you look back at World War II, it's like it was this, you know, clear cut, delineated, good guys versus bad guys. And, and you made it sound like that's why, you know, you join, you join because you want to be one of the good guys and you want to fight bad guys. Mm-hmm. And and then you go, and you see that it's not like that at all. Yeah. And do you think do you think this movie addresses that in any way? Um, uh, I think the Nazis and the Hydra and this are pretty unambiguously evil. Yeah. Um. But what about what about overall as a whole? Just the mythology surrounding war, the sort of. Because I wrote, like, this movie sort of exaggerates everything. The Nazis have these tanks that are 90 feet tall. And Cap is a hero and everything he wears is an American flag. And, like, is there any, like, when you're either about to go into combat or you're in combat, is there any of that type of, like, exaggeration, that hyper-reality? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Oh, my God, yeah. Because you... the training that you go through is simul... It's like they're training you how to fight, but they're also just pouring patriotism into you. Yeah. It's literally... When I graduated basic training, we walked for 15 miles. We did a, uh, like with all our gear. When we got done with our 15-mile ruck march, we crawled under barbed wire while they shot bullets over our heads just to get like us used to it. Yeah. And then they stood us in the dark and they said, this was the last day of your training. You are now officially soldiers, and they played Toby Keith's um, "Proud to Be an American. American" or maybe the soldier. What, what's that soldier song? Or uh, American soldier, Green Beret? No, there's like a Toby Keith song where he oh. uh, where he sings about being a, a American. I don't remember the tune. I can't think of it, but it was. It's like yeah, it's a song written after 9/11, being yeah. like America is good and yeah. we're the we're perfect and we're the good guys. Yeah, jingoistic yeah, nationalism. Yeah, and it's. We have a, I have an American flag tattoo oh, wow. etched into my flesh over the spot where I wore an American flag in combat. Yeah. And that meant the world to me because I wasn't, I also wore an, uh, a global I, ISAF or whatever it's called. Like there's a coalition fighting in Afghanistan. It's not just America. Uh, it's, uh, it's America and the UK and France and whoever. It's Poland. And Poland. It's, it's, <laughs> it's. 15 or 20 or I don't know a bunch of com- uh, countries all under the UN fighting under the ISAF banner oh, right. 
which I had on my other shoulder, but I didn't like that one. Because really? it wasn't America. Because it wasn't America! Because it wasn't America. America! We're America! We're America. the good guys! We've... That's why I'm so sad all the time. Yeah. Because it, now I can't... The, were we really always the best? Probably not. But it felt that way. I mean... And movies and TV were... Hey, America. Yeah. They're the good guys. Yeah. John Wayne. Yeah. Come on. And now it's like... Have you seen Platoon, though? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, you haven't? I have to, but I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen it. Which I find it. I find it very interesting that... Uh, any any type of uh, anti-war movie I bring up, you haven't seen. Well, yeah, that's that. Why would soldiers gravitate towards movies that make us unsure of what we're doing? Well, I I I would watch movies that were like, yeah, yeah. Do do you now? Well, okay, okay. Is Black Hawk Down anti-war? I, that I, was like our anthem movie. I can't remember. I saw it too long ago, but I don't remember it being particularly like anti-war. Do you, what now, do you think going into combat, uh, only watching those kind of movies, do you think, do you think you could have benefited from seeing some anti-war movies? Or do you think it would have just been, uh, like a, a drag on you? I mean, my experience is really tough because a lot of our, my war wasn't, battle lines yeah. and objectives and we i was just in afghanistan on a base and we would leave occasionally to go do stuff and maybe we'd get attacked on our drive but we always came back to the same base yeah and there were no we basically just tried not to lose that base we yeah. weren't like okay next week we got to push the maginot line yeah, yeah, yeah. next to these guys and these guys oh we're gonna take this beach yeah, yeah that had been done Way before Way. I got there, I was on a built base. I mean, it was only like 300 dudes and we were way north of everybody else. It was dangerous. But I had, there were concrete buildings. There were a couple, not a lot. But there were, like, we were dug in. Mm -hmm. And you just fought. And they would come at night and they'd shoot rockets and there was nowhere for you to go. So you just tried not to get hit and you shot back. And it was so much downtime where you're just angry and depressed and traumatized and you can't like unwind because they could come at any, any second. second everybody's a bad guy everybody in every village maybe they're a terrorist who knows yeah. they don't have their uniform we're not allowed to shoot a guy with a gun we had to to bring up america's problems we had crazy strict roe compared to like you know cops yeah. we couldn't shoot anybody unless they shot at us first which is good. I, mean, I think that is a good. Let's thing. not. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> there were a lot of problems when the when it was just the Wild West. Yeah, I wasn't jazzed about being in it once a couple months of combat had gone by, but I also wasn't critical of it. It was just mm -hmm. what was happening. Yeah. I wake up, someone something will explode. I either put someone back together or I don't. I'm angry and I'm tired, and but that just becomes your life. And then I accepted that I was going to die. Like, we all, I think, in our own way, kind of looked around and were like, it's a matter of time. So I'm just going to do my best. And so it didn't matter if your thoughts... It's so apolitical, the military. You're not like, ugh, Obama this, or... Because I was there during Obama. We weren't like, ugh, Bush and, and pointlet in the war. You're not talking about that. It's the mission. Yeah. What are we doing tomorrow? 
what might we mean, you know, yeah. it's not, should we go into this village? Yeah, it's, yeah. how are we going to go yeah. into this village? You don't ask why, ever. Yeah. At least I, a lot, because you're, because there were parts where I would be confronted with it. And I just couldn't allow myself the vulnerability of like, maybe this is wrong. Like I'd meet villagers and they would say things like, you know, I'd ask questions of like, why don't you guys build a bridge? And they'd be like, why would we? You build it, then the terrorists blow it up, and then you rebuild it again. So why would we get involved in that? And it was that moment of like, now I think of that and I'm like, oh, what a poignant uh, take on the Afghanistan campaign. But at the time, yeah. I was just like, all ta- Afghanistan is garbage and should be wiped. <laughs> I used to say, this whole country is a wash and we should glass it. Because I was just angry and ignorant yeah. and wrong. And every single person I met maybe was going to kill me. And they were so, and I hate to say this, but they were foreign. Like, yeah. I have never encountered a culture as foreign as Afghanistan because they are tribal and they speak a wildly different language for me. It's not like I meet a German person and we're both speaking similar dialects. Mm-hmm. I think German in, in English or... It's a romantic uh, language. Yeah, romantic language. Um, and so now you're talking about like a guttural. I don't know if that's the right word. Guttural. Their their language has like a lot of um, Afghan glottal sounds and it's very like back of the throat. It just is like a different way of speaking and their language is so different from ours. So everything about Afghanistan is like a different time it felt mm. like we were in biblical times because there were yeah. guys with a crooked staff and a herd of sheep yeah. wearing robes and you'd be like i don't know what to do with this yeah and now i've had 10 years of meeting other veterans and meeting refugees and meeting people hurt by actions there and and thinking about all the connotations that war causes and now i just feel real complicated about it i wouldn't so good, bad, I don't know. So what what I take away from what you just said is um, when you were there, um, because of the nature of the warrior fighting, of being in defensive survival mode, um, constantly stressed, uh, hypervigilance, that you didn't have time or it would have been a detriment to in take in any sort of media that would question your reason for being there because mentally you just had to have this wall of defense and could not have any cracks in it and that is maybe why you gravitated towards more of the unambiguous hyper patriotic I would take that even further, and now you saying that made me think of how I would violently reject anything that was critical. Yeah. If you told me then that the war was bad, fuck you. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I For about five or six years after I got back from the war, I defended it violently. If you said a bad thing about Afghanistan, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't get to have an opinion because you didn't go, which is, I think, a defensive thing because it's like, not only is it this horrible, violent, traumatic experience, I might have done it for the wrong reasons. Like, because it's easier to accept war when you're in the right. I can, I think that mentally I have an easier time being like, we've, I would be, boy, I mean. I would rather go to war with Nazis and kill Nazis than 
fight the ambiguous, confusing war that I was in, where yeah. maybe we weren't the good guys. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even now. It's been 10 years. I'll tell you that I don't know if a war should stretch for 19 years and two generations. Yeah. I don't think that soldiers who now have sons that are deployed together, yeah. that's, that's there weird. are children in Afghanistan fighting us who have been radicalized by us killing their parents with drone strikes from heaven who are now 16 and the war started before they were born and they of course they're going to fight us and so that all swims in this soup in my brain now where I'm like mm -hmm. I don't I don't know if I'll ever have an answer I don't know if I can take in the information or get enough perspective to be able to look at you and say yes or no to the Afghanistan campaign yeah. being good bad both so when I was there, no, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want that. I, I want pro-war. I want to know that I'm a hero. Because I, I, it's like an armor. I'm a hero. If yeah. I die, I die a hero. And that was so important to me. Yeah. And it still is. It's the loss of that every day. Every day they tell you you're a hero. Everyone. The military. Your, your troops with you. Your friends back home. Even though I had a lot of distance from them and I find it problematic now... The only way people know what to do with soldiers is go, oh, thank you for your service. You're a hero. What a hero. You're just fed this. I'm a hero. I'm a hero. I'm a hero. I'm a hero. And then you come back and you're like, oh, was I? Why do you think... Why do you think... And this, is, this goes beyond just the U.S., but... Why is heroism so important to soldiers? And why do you think... Why do you think that's the only way... People, like you said, you came back and people just say, you're a hero. Why do you think that is like the only way they feel comfortable interacting with a veteran? Well, I'll say from personal experience, I grew up very alienated from, I didn't have a lot of friends. I was socially awkward and had a lot of social anxiety. I have severe ADHD, so I have always found it difficult to participate in society until I joined the military. And then it was literally the easiest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Every class starts with them telling you exactly what you need to do to succeed. Every mission starts with, this is what we're doing. And this is, it's 45, to an, 45 minutes to an hour of just repeating, if we get ambushed, we will do this. If we get shot at from a distance, we will do this. And it's just, you just know what to do. And you believe that what you're doing is right. And you, I internalized this belief, and this is something that's come out in therapy, that if I was enough of a, if I did enough heroic things, it would overcome the awkwardness and my social anxiety. Ah. And America would accept me as part of it. And that's why I, I think I gravitate so much towards Captain America and Superman because they are a cap is not is alienated from society yeah. he's alienated from love and then he joins the military and he, and he gets, gets those things that. and i and i was i didn't have a girlfriend really i had like a little bit right before i joined but my love life got better when i was a soldier and i think it's probably because of confidence and and yeah. my body and just i don't think being a soldier helped but it probably hurt what? I mean, I know it hurt because yeah, all of my relationships yeah. have probably have ended because of PTSD. But 
that idea was there. If I die at war, I was a good person, I did the right thing, and I'm important. And in our society, which would you rather be? Someone no one remembers or someone that gets held up for dying at war? And you get to etch your name yeah. on, on history and you get to have a legacy and you get to be remembered forever as a hero. And you don't have to come home and deal with life and it's yeah. hard and confusing and war isn't. Yeah. War isn't confusing. They're bad. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull the trigger until my guys win. I don't worry about taxes or politics. I don't worry about relationships or i mean maybe i didn't have one so i'm yeah. sure that's a factor for other people but overseas i didn't worry about anything except not dying and taking care of other people and the simplicity of that i miss every day so it sounds like first of all the military gives you an identity oh yes and it's an unambiguous one and purpose and purpose purpose that is coded good so, and I've always wanted to ask you this, would you say coming home, the hardest part was dealing with the, with the ambiguity? Yes. The, and loss of purpose. Yeah. I still struggle with that. Cause that, I mean, I, I imagine, you know, obviously seeing your friends die and seeing violence and all that affects you a lot of ways too. But, uh, I mean, even, even as someone who. You know, like I said, I was in rehab when I first saw this movie. And in rehab, you get up at six, you make your bed, you go to this meeting, you do that. And then you come home and you're like, okay, well, who's going to tell me? Like, mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I sense from, from the few veterans I'm friends with, that's the hardest part. I have said for years that PTSD, PTSD isn't even... I know it's a disorder, but what people don't understand about it is it's not I'm jumpy because bad things happen to me. I'm jumpy because I adapted to surviving in a combat zone. Mm -hmm. I, my brain, reformed, literally reshaped itself to respond to violent stimuli that would come randomly and I needed to react instantaneously and with purpose. Mm -hmm. So I am now, and, and my training, all of it was to break me down. Hey, all that shit you knew before, throw that the fuck yeah. out. You're a soldier now. Yeah. This is how you talk. This is how you walk. This is how you interact with other people. This is how you, this is the society. We had our own jokes. Yeah. Every soldier I've met, regardless of what base we were trained on, has the same material. <laughs> because it's a culture. Yeah. You joined the culture of the military. And... Then you go to war, and your training not only works, but it keeps you alive, yeah. and it keeps your friends alive, and every single day it gets reinforced, both consciously and subconsciously, that, hey, this is how life is. You wake up, something explodes, you gotta be ready. Mm -hmm. And then you go do your job, and you run into violence. And then you come home, and that does not fly. Yeah. I can't react to a loud noise with violence in no. America I that's know. and I didn't get untrained that and so for the last 10 years I have been basically in combat mode 
mm-hmm. where every stimulus that is pushed upon me, even something, and like this is a, a thing that every veteran talks about, is you come home and you stand in the cereal aisle and it's so overwhelming. <laughs> really? I don't have to make choices overseas. I ate what oh, you gave me. Oh. Hey, welcome. Well, good morning. Here's eggs and bacon. Oh. You're, this is what you eat. I don't choose. I don't make choices ever. The only choices I make are in combat. Mm-hmm. And they're life or death. Yeah. Do I run? Do I stay? Do I shoot? Tactics. And you stand in a cereal aisle. And there are a hundred options. Yeah. And my brain goes, all decisions are life or death. <laughs> and you just stand there and you, and it just, Sedimentos cry. It's a life or death <laughs> choice and you're free and, and the shame of it. Yeah, yeah. Where you're standing in a grocery aisle and you just start sobbing and you're like, I don't know. <laughs> and then America is so misogynistic and oh, like yeah. men don't cry and oh, they don't yeah. support each other and so you're just standing there alone crying alone and you're like crying. oh my god I'm gay <laughs> because, of, because of the homophobia and you're like well I'm crying I must be gay and yeah. also and like just such destructive pressure and then you you know and then you unload it on your girlfriend oh, and yeah. god and then she leaves you and then you kill yourself because that's the sorry no, I mean, no, you're, what you're saying, you know. And every day you wake up and you, you're like, why? What am I, for what? I don't have purpose anymore. And then you try to find it and some people do. And I think that's really important. And you, you have to do the, you have to do, you already did, not to toot my own horn. Uh, you already have to go through this horrifying experience. And then that's the easiest part. Yeah. Because now you have to untangle that. Yeah. And you you have to do it yourself. Yeah. And like support structures. Now you, you know this. You've been through rehab. Yeah. Support goes so far. Yes. People can create a supportive, loving environment, but you have to grow. Yep. And no one can do it for you. It's like my plant in my room. Mm-hmm. I'm not making that plant grow. I'm giving it an environment in which it can. Yeah. And that's what I think therapy and friends and... and, and yeah creating that space for yourself but then you got to go in and do this horrifying work of Mm -hmm. processing all this crap and it's confusing and then you don't get a break yeah life is still like hey trump's the president maybe the world is ending (laughs) have fun dealing with 10 year old trauma and trauma sticks together i'm talking so much no i uh you had a tweet the other day uh how you get trained, you get months, if not years, of training for combat, and then three days of training days. to return to a civilian. I joined the military in 2006. I went to training in January of... I, I, had, I was in the National Guard, Connecticut National Guard. So my experience was even worse. Because a regular... Not worse, but like, I think worse for mental health. Because mm-hmm. a soldier, a regular soldier, active duty leaves they leave their life they go to basic training they become a soldier and then they go live amongst other soldiers on a soldier base soldier farm a soldier farm (laughs) and then you go to war but you come back and you live on base yeah and it's just you and soldiers and it's all the buddies you went to war with and there's a there's not as big of a change i i from talking to my active duty friends i don't think is it's it's as jarring but for me i go 
joined the military. I had six weekends of training between when I joined and when I left because uh, I lived at home and I was in college. Yeah. And then I, on the weekends, they were like, hey, we're going to send you to basic. January, I go to basic and my AIT, advanced individual training, which for medics is very long. It's 17 weeks. So total, I was gone for seven months yeah. of training. But then I came home and I didn't know what to do. So I Googled medic and I found a paramedic class and I said, screw it. And I just went to paramedic school and I, which was a whole nother story, Yeah, uh, which is crazy difficult. But I was like, I don't know, I'm going to war. I should learn more yeah. medicine. And then I did paramedic training and then I knew I was going to have to go to war. And I'm like 19 and I'm just hanging out with my shitty 19 year old friends just oh. in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, we're all being dumb now, but like, I'm going to leave and die at war. And... Then I left for training in 2009. I got a, like a two-week medic course. And then over the summer, we were in training. We came back. We trained for like six months or so. We left and we trained. Then we came home for Christmas, spent it with our families. And then in January, we went to Afghanistan. And then we were in Afghanistan. I probably had a cumulative year, year and a half of training spread out. And then I'm gone for 10 or 11 months because I, I left from January till... October-ish. Uh, and then I came home and literally I was in Afghanistan, bombs, pew, pew, pew. I, we, they flew us to Atterbury in Indiana. We were there for three days or a week to deprocess, like, give us your gear back. Oh, God. Give us your guns back. Don't beat your wives. Oh. And then we got flown to Connecticut and they, they, we went home. I went back to my parents' house. And then they were like, for the next three days, you're going to show up to Niantic, Connecticut. We're going to deprocess you. And we're going to give you all, like, an unending spiel about don't beat your wife, kill yourself. Oh, we'll God. see you in a month. And, uh, you know, <laughs> hey, did you get blown up? Talk to that woman. Did you, do you need health care? Go over there. And yeah. it was just like, as quickly as possible, give them all the information about your benefits. Hey, you could get a jab if you want. Or you could go, here you go. And then we left. And then for three or four months, we did these things called yellow ribbons, where we showed up at the Connecticut Conference Center, and they were like, hey, don't beat your wife or kill yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was basically left. I had people that would call and check in, you know, my soul. Like, I would check in on other people. And it was kind of left to like, hey, check up on each other. Ugh. But, you know, then people beat their wives and killed themselves. Yeah. And I know an endless parade of it was just, yeah. it just began like, hey, did you hear such and such killed himself? Oh, that's terrible. And then a week later, oh, his brother killed himself. But it was always like, oh, they drunk drove into a tree yeah. at 90 miles an hour. And you'd that's... be like, not to, again, sorry yeah. for our listeners yeah. who've stayed with us for three hours. <laughs> I, hope, okay. I hope that my all too honest <laughs> war trauma isn't now problematic for you. Uh, where are we going? I forgot. But yeah, we were just talking about, you know, really. Oh yeah, three days. So yeah. yeah. And then you're just, I was just back in the National Guard. One weekend a month. Mm -hmm. Trying to, trying to make a concise point out of this is that the, the military is, the glory in it is that it gives you purpose and identity and it's unambiguous. And then earlier you are talking about how death in combat is almost like the ultimate goal because it's such a i don't know if that's for everyone but i definitely think that has been a big part of my 
journey, I guess. You talked, I mean, the way you described it was so glorified, was just like, yeah, and then you die, and they etch your name yeah. in history and, and all that. hero forever. And Hamilton has a bunch, the musical Hamilton, where they yeah. talk about um, Mercer Street. And they're I, like, I haven't he's, seen it. Well, there's a there's a line where they go, uh, Mercer. They, did you hear they they named the street after him? All he had to do was die. And then the other guys, oh, we should give that a try because they're trying to build a legacy. Oh. But they're not dead. And there's a bunch of lines where Hamilton talks about wanting to die for his legacy. And then Washington has an incredible line that makes me cry every time, where he goes, "Dying is easy, young man. Living is harder." Yeah. And what he's saying is like, it's easy to go die yeah. in a war. But to survive that war and then come back and then, at least that's what I interpret it. That's why... See, then, you know, obviously they built our government. That's why bringing it back to the movie, I feel like the movie, regardless of whatever sequel bullshit was going on, I feel like the movie begins at the end when he's running into Times Square and is like, how am I going to adapt to this? That's, that's the story I want to see. Well, that is the story that they do. Yeah. It's an interesting thing because it's a it's I think it's wrong to look at it as just one movie. Yeah. Because he's been in seven he's been yeah. a major protagonist in seven huge blockbusters and there's each of these characters has an arc. Yeah. Although again, he doesn't really change too much, but this is like introducing like hey, here he is and then they really dig into the meat of that for like six movies. But would you say and I and I feel like a lot of film critics have this opinion and I, I tend to share it that even though I, I think having a shared movie universe is cool as shit. I love how it reflects the comics and all that. And I love like the tie-ins and the setups. Doesn't it take away though from the individual movies? Like some people argue that I think in some like age of Ultron, I think was made worse for having to, yeah. to shoot in or all the MacGuffins. And this movie as a whole... And like, this movie, the Space Stone was just... Or the Tesseract was just sort of the MacGuff. I, he wasn't I, even trying to get it. He didn't yeah, care. It did, they didn't even really... Captain America at no point gives yeah. one single... I don't even think he looks at it. No. He it's, doesn't even know what it is. It's just a power that Schmidt, that Red Skull has. And I, I just felt like... I feel like the first hour or so was... Well done. It was an origin story. But then it just felt like, all right, let's get this crap out of the way sort of thing. I do. I Yes and no, because I don't think if we just had a Captain America movie and they weren't planning to bring him to the Avengers, if they were just like, we just want to do a cool we just movie about a, Captain America. Yeah. I think that movie would have ended with him crashing the plane. Yeah. And... And he's and he, like, and maybe another movie brings him back. Yeah. But this movie needed to set up. Yeah. And that created such an interesting narrative structure that we don't see ever. Yeah. And I love the novelty of that. The novelty? The novelty of like this movie ended on him just being a man out of time and sad. Yeah. It ended on like this should be a movie. Well, it- as opposed to. It Another ends, movie that has a button, and you're just like, okay. It ends on a cliffhanger. Which most, most movies, movies don't... do not. Most movies do not, which... And not like a kind of cliffhanger, like maybe Cap... Would no, it's like, like a serious... Here is a defining moment. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, starts yeah. the movie with finding him, and it ends the movie yeah. with him. Yeah. 
I, I do like movies that tend to end non-traditionally. That's why I love the Coen brothers, because they usually end on a really sad note or something. Um, that's why I kind of dug the ending. Well, I've, I mean, I rambled for an hour about how it affected me and yeah, my, my feelings. So clearly PTSD, this movie... Yeah. And, and he's, he's just this character that I deeply care about and, like, carry with me as an ideal yeah and seeing the struggle and see the pain of this character yeah. because i don't think it would resonate with me if he were just he's an all-american yeah, yeah. man and he just doesn't feel anything but he's so emotional he feels things and he, i i found i found it surprising because i always put captain america and superman and even in some ways like batman in the same box of like i don't give a shit they're just like they're these one note characters i don't really care but rewatching it this time i actually really was invested in him and I, I i saw you know normally i'm so cynical and i think everything is stupid and pointless <laughs> but like i cared about this guy i really did i kind of care about his journey i related to him especially when he was you know before the transition and even after the transition because it's you know uh he's still that kid Deep mm. down. He says the Red Skull. I'm just a kid from Brooklyn. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, he's from Brooklyn, yeah. but he doesn't have the fucking accent. God, would that have been intolerable. It's like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's me, Captain America. It's me, Captain America. Oh, who wants a provolone over here? That would have been the worst. That would have been awful. I would have loved that movie. Woo! So glad they didn't do that. Yeah. Just him for seven movies. <laughs> yeah, this guy hey, over here. Fungul. Oh. Trampoli. Yeah. Why are yeah. we both doing Italian? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know even. Is. Yeah. It's well, whatever. We are. Yeah. It's from Brooklyn. <laughs> I right. like that we went from like the deepest of my <laughs> yeah. uh, my soul bearing to just like yeah, oh, yeah, like, we're comedians, baby. I will say I love the last shot um, because it's he looks so old. The way they lit yeah. him when he looks at the camera and he's just like, I had a date, and he just is so weary tired and yeah. i was feel that well because i'm tired i was yeah. aged by this war you you actually had a really great point because earlier you were like why are they in times square but then you talked about your experience coming home to a world that just didn't give a shit and i loved how he's like being chased by a bunch of shield well, agents yeah, and he's just like he's in the most disgusting heartless corporate capital of the world <laughs> and no one is like oh yeah this is weird that a man is they're just like i don't give a fuck don't like yeah. and it's such a great juxtaposition because here's this like romantic 1940s world war ii hero in this modern soulless capitalist like mecca can you guys tell how gene feels about new york city <laughs> yeah i love it i love it here i love i love not living here so. i yeah, I mean, there's also the the overwhelming. I think it was a good yeah. shot because yeah. it's just look at the modern, the modernity. There yeah. was also I couldn't make out what it was, but there's like a soldier holding a child on a billboard behind him. It's oh, like playing really? a video loop. That's it. I wrote it down. What did it say? Uh, innovating for the 21st century. And I was like, well, obviously that's yeah. something, but yeah. I I couldn't figure out what they were trying to say maybe just showing a modern soldier yeah just the juxtaposition of of cap and uh, whatever but yeah 
I, I feel like we've run this movie yeah. right. Wait, Any, what did I? I wrote a line here. Uh, oh, my English teacher, Mrs. O'Brien, would be proud because boy, did we read into some things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We read ooh, deep. I'm deep. sure people listen to this like this is ridiculous. He's <laughs> just a comic book movie. It's like no shit. That's, Dude, I love how we break. I am now attacking a non-existent. Yeah, critic. a hypothetical listener, probably our only Patreon just subscriber. Just one, one guy who's been just staying. He's like three hours in. He's like, "Fuck that guy." It's like, wait, they're they're talking about a comic book movie? What the fuck? No, I love it. It's great. I hope if anybody is still here that you got something out of this. Yeah, I. I feel good. You feel good? I feel, feel good. good. I feel yeah. like we dug it. I, I, there's a lot that I got out of this movie. Yeah. I hope that this this is what we do. This is War Porn Podcast, this baby. Uh, if I said anything that offended you, I didn't mean it. So yeah. don't cancel me. Uh, if I said anything offensive, I meant it. Yeah, so cancel Gene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. And I hope you catch us next time on whatever movie we decide to Peace do. Peace out. Bye.